Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash IOPanel. With over 180,000 titles to choose from, you may listen on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Enjoy the show. So, uh, who wants to lose, like, 200 pounds with me and go get a wingsuit? Dude, I'm down. Count me right. the fuck in. I'm, I'm keeping so, you to that. I so want to do that. I ain't about Every that. Every time life. I see that, I'm like, I want to do that. You I'm like, it's like, <laughs> fucking crash right into a fucking, fucking sheer, sheer cliff, but I'd do it. That's the way Hell to yeah. go out. 120 miles an hour, straight into a mountain. Yeah. Dude, don't do that. Don't make my only wingsuit time the time you're like, suicide. <laughs> so I'll do it. I'll make you watch. Yeah. It's like right, right ahead of me. I'm like, wait, wait. Evan, you're veering off. You're like, ha ha. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> and so there, he's like, where is that? Oh, jeez. All right, so welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the IO panel. With me, as always, is Mr. James. James, how you doing today? What's going on, man? I'm doing great, having a great time. All right, and again, as always, is Mr. Evan. Evan, how you doing? Praise Jesus, I'm still here, alive and kicking. Awesome. Oh All right, so uh, any... Uh, any uh, stories or anything you guys want to talk about before we jump into our uh, our topics for today? Not necessarily stories. Um, I've just stumbled across a few questionable websites in the last like half an hour. I'd like <laughs> to to warn our listeners to uh, be careful what you do out there. You know, it's a dangerous world. Solid advice. Solid yeah. advice. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get started here. Um, James, you want to take the lead here and talk to us about uh, what Titter, Titter, Twitter has. Hey, <laughs> there we go. All right. Well, let's see here. So, okay. Um, Twitter had a app, and let me open the show notes here. There we go. So I can see what the hell I wrote. All right. So there's, a, there's an app called uh, there's an app called Data Miner. Basically, it kind of uh, scours through the through the Twitter data through the Twitter fire firehose. It has access to the Twitter firehose, and then, as we all know, the Twitter data is very very good, very important data. It's a great data stream. It has like G, it has a meta. You know, it has metadata. It has. Uh, oh yeah, it's it's awesome. Well, no, I mean, I know you think there's always a lot of garbage in it, but, and there is a lot of garbage. I mean, I've put up a fair amount of it, you know, but, uh, <laughs> that aside, comb you, keeper. Yeah. Comb keeper. That's right. It's not comb keeper anymore, but that I, aside, I noticed. you can find a lot of, if you use something that mines data and you use, you aggregate that properly, you can find out a lot about all kinds of things uh, people, locations, who's been weird. That kind of thing, because certain apps that use Twitter or certain certain Twitter apps also grab location data. And that's all like traveling with the tweet, just like a picture. 
So there's all kinds of things you can find out. Um, just imagine something happens in a city and, you know, there's 15 people there, 17 people, you know, or there's, there's 100 people there, 17 people uh, tweet about it. Of those 17 people, six people take a photo and then all that goes up on Twitter. And now we have 17, we have a 17 points of view on this incident locked in time forever. And Twitter has access to that, all that data. So if you know how to grab the data, aggregate it and do something with it, it's a very powerful tool. Well, uh, Twitter is banning the, the United States spy, U.S. spy agencies from having access to data miner. Um, I, you know, it's all due to the fallout, you know, and what the government's doing with the data. Uh, I don't know, you know, do you have, do I have a problem with this? Uh, um, they, you know, I guess, I, I mean, I, but I think someone, someone's going to do it. I would do it. If I had access to the Twitter firehose, I would hundred percent do it, you know, just cause I'm nosy. I'm a nosy prick and I like to see what's going on, you know, uh, Twitter says uh, they have a, in a statement here. They say we have never authorized data miner or any uh, third-party uh, thing to sell data to the government for inte- or any intelligence agency for surveillance purposes. And this is a long-standing Twitter policy, uh, not a new development. So, really, how can I don't know that Twitter can authorize a third party who has access to their firehose and what they're going to do with it? Can they? Well, I was going to ask you the same thing. How how are they not allowing them to use it? Yeah, I had the same question. Yeah. Now, what is data miner? Is it a Twitter product or it's some other? Well, I thought no, Twitter, Twitter owns five percent of it. Yeah, there you go. There you go. They own five percent of it. There you go. So that might be. Well, no, Twitter's pretty notorious for how they treat their developer apps. So they've they've been pretty bad with developers in the past. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if like if Twitter says, Yeah, you can't do this anymore, most developers would probably stop in fear of getting ostracized or pushed out or locked out altogether. Because Twitter's done that before. Um they've shut just shut off services and, and basically entire businesses have fallen under the under the wheels because Twitter's like, No, you can't do this anymore. So it doesn't really surprise me. Um I don't understand how this would benefit spy agencies though, because if there's um if there's like a massive tweet about something, it already happened. You're not gonna prevent anything. It's not about preventing stuff. I think they use I think it's a good way to be able to figure out who, what and where is happening. You know, and or has happened. And and the thing is a lot of times people will tweet about stuff because see, sometimes people will live tweet stuff. Like they'll tweet through an incident or through something happening. So uh, it's pretty known in the news world that Twitter is the first place you find out about something. You know, mm-hmm. if shots are fired somewhere, someone tweets about it. Before the police are on the scene, before the first news helicopter is out of the gate, someone has put on Twitter, I just heard gunshots. You know, you take that m- information along with the location data and you've got something. You know, and then you search for other people using hashtags and things like that, or other information, or just shots fired, South Chicago. You'll find something, guarantee mm-hmm. you. You know, so yeah, it's in the past, but not necessarily. You can use, you can aggregate the data and scrub it against other information to get all kinds of stuff. You know, if you just think about this, if you had access to um, data, if you had access, like raw access to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, dude, you could do a lot. You know, because that's like a thousand, that's like a thousand people's points of view on any one incident. 
You know, yeah, of course, there's going to be a lot of garbage to mesh through. But if you know how to search it, I mean, I don't know how familiar you guys are, but Facebook had a tool. Uh, I can't remember what it was called, but they released a search tool about three years ago. And sorry, I bumped my mic three years ago. And that search tool, you could type in people who like marijuana. And basically, it would find you everybody who likes the Facebook page or the fan page for marijuana or whatever. And then you could say people who like marijuana who are friends with this person. And it would find you that, you know. Now, obviously, there's security settings and privacy data and all kinds of stuff that will redact some people from those kinds of searches. But a lot of people don't even do anything with their security data. So that information is out there. The regular public doesn't have access to those searches anymore, but I guarantee you someone does. Mm-hmm. You know, F- Facebook does, or they can just, or that they're subpoenaed, they can give a raw feed to the government, you know? So, hmm. I don't know, man. The social media is dangerous, a dangerous place for, it's good and it's bad. Like, I would love to use this for evil and good. You know, I wish I had the fire hose just for this one, for the exact reason, so I could scrub it and find out all kinds of crazy shit. But at the same time, I'd be worried about the government having this much access to what's going on. They already have the Patriot Act and everything else, and the last thing we need is give them more reasons to dig their claws into our few quote-unquote, because they're not really safe, but I'll say safe spaces on the internet. So, it's it's a nice move I guess Twitter's making, but I don't think it's actually legal. I don't think they can actually do it. I mean, if, they, if a company pays for the fire hose, you know, which is what they call it, they pay like some ungodly fee to get everything Twitter gets in a, you know, just so they get like a pure connection right to, 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 to their servers to see everything then and anybody can do that you start a company today and just do it but mm-hmm. uh i mean if they're if they're saying no u.s intelligence agencies are going to be allowed direct access i'm sure they would just like one of the intelligence agencies would start a company buy direct access and be like, okay done yeah and and, and, and i guarantee you that's already happened yeah like, you, if you really think the CIA doesn't have some fucking shell corporation that has direct access to this pipeline, you're you're fooling yourself. They definitely do. You know, they've been looking at it for years, I'm sure, mm-hmm. because they know the value of data mining. And the NSA definitely is a, is directly connected into it. So this is, you know, this is something for us. It's for the plebs. You know, it's for the people who are not in the know. You know <laughs> this is That's who it's for. So anyway, interesting article. The notes are in the show notes. You guys can read it. I barely read it. Uh, hence my uneducated <laughs> g- rambling about the topic, but uh, still, I thought it was interesting. I thought you guys would like to hear about it. So, hmm. Well, this cool. next article you have in the uh, rundown here actually looks pretty interesting. Uh, this talks about that Confide app that I think you, we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, actually, yeah. This is so. This is in reference to what we talked about last week with WhatsApp. So WhatsApp got banned in for 72 hours or whatever in Brazil and confide confide mess the confide app which we did talk about after this WhatsApp thing went up 500%. Um this article kind of gives a rundown of confide. I went and downloaded it again cuz I hadn't used it in a million years. But uh yeah, we talked about it last week. It's a really interesting app and it allows you to send secure messages and only see certain parts of the message. Confide has a lot of very good features built in to keep you from doing screenshots and sending or receiving or seeing the whole message. It is very aggressive about sending someone a screenshot saying, hey, this person took a screenshot. You know, uh, it's actually pretty good. It's all designed for security, which I like. Like, 
Snapchat is really not designed for security. It's more designed to hide your dick pic. You know, so you you flash your dick to a girl. She sees it for three seconds and it's gone. And she's like, did he just send me his dick? I have zero proof. You know? <laughs> um, and I guess, the chat, unless, uh, you know, they took a screenshot. Yeah, and they can take a screenshot. Now, some people say it. It, it, it some people say that uh, Twitter. I mean, not Twitter. Uh, um, Snapchat tells you when someone takes a screenshot. You know what? I've I since since we talked about this last week, I played with my Snapchat, and uh, eh, I played with it, <laughs> and I didn't see where it did that. So Snapchat has a couple versions floating out there in the in the wild. They have one version that has all the faces and this and that and the other thing and whatnot. And then they have another version that doesn't have any of that stuff. I have the version that doesn't have any of that stuff. So I think what's the happening faces? is Yeah, I'm sure you've seen it where people like I think they did it on to Good Morning America or whatever. Like you can make it so there's like a rabbit face or like you're puking rainbows or whatever. You know, there's a bunch of dumb little faces add-ons yeah. you could put in. So um, that's a pretty new feature, and it's very popular, and a lot of people have it. I don't have it. I have no access to it. I can't get it. And I tried with a few other phones um, this weekend. I could not get it to work. So I think depending on the age of your phone, some features may just not work. Um, my phone's not that old, but I guess two years might be too old. So I really don't know about that, but Confide is 100% made with security and secure messaging for business clients and probably for drug dealers like in mind. Like it's it's made for it's made to be secure. So if you want to fucking get your sneak shit on, this is the app to do it with. Mm-hmm. I like uh, in the article there it says uh, actually tomorrow they're adding voice messaging to their app, yeah. Yeah. which I think is pretty cool. Um, so I think one of their major features about uh, this is like with the text part, once you read it, it goes away, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think that would be cool for, you know, it, the, it the super spy. Yeah, it never shows your message in its entirety. Mm-hmm. It only shows like the snippets as you run your hands across it. So Yeah, like that. But if you can leave someone a little voice message like uh, three on green, go. No one knows what that means and then it's gone, except yeah. for the person who hears it. Exactly. Well, you know what this would be great for? Um, an audio one-time pad. So what I would do with it, if you're familiar with a one-time pad, it's like a old-school, totally uncrackable, totally uh, perfect encryption key. So you might say, you, you give someone a pad with some numbers and a number, numbers and numbers and letters on a grid or something like that. And then they have the pad, and then you send them a message encrypted with that pad. And they have to use that pad, and what they do is they use the pad to decrypt that message, then they destroy the pad, you know? And you get them another pad. Or you say, you say, you know, you have to have this book to decipher the message, and the book functions as your one-time pad. So you say, page six, six letters, eight through 36, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that. And that's not really a one-time pad, but it's the same concept as one-time pad. And I could see you doing something very similar with this. Um, if you could send someone a chunk of text that they could read and be like, the chair's against the door, a gibberish piece of text. Then they take that check, that text, text and cross-reference the chair's against the door, redacting every third letter, and then running that every third letter thing through something else. Mm-hmm. Then you'd have something. 
You know, yeah. so I mean, there's all kinds of things. Well, you, you could can do that. This. You could do that. Uh, the whole idea with using a one-time pad, let's say, is that you can do it in the clear. Yeah. Right. So you could just send someone a text message with that. Yeah. And it doesn't mean anything, like you said. You know, so what the hell yeah. does that mean? It doesn't mean shit. So, I mean, but yeah, if you wanted to be ultra ultra secure, then I, like, I guess I operate an ultra baby. Yeah, but yeah. if the government is reading all of your text messages and they're like, literally none of this guy's messages make sense. That's not <laughs> right. What's going on? Well, that's that's like you know this talk about you know oh we're gonna we're gonna outlaw encryption right you know. Um, Obviously, they wouldn't be able to outlaw that, right? If you're using one-time right. pads with your buddies, so all your text messages are gibberish. They're like, "What the hell's going on?" <laughs> like, so, but then they'll know, just they re- they'll cross-reference the uh, Library of Congress database and figure it all out. Yeah, I don't think so. Not necessarily, buddy. <laughs> I don't think. If so. you're using a book, yeah. But if you're using, uh, you know, just something we we made up, then you know. Even though, even that, I mean, they need a quantum computer to figure that shit out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. That'd be crazy. And what I would do is I'd get like a first edition, you know, some first edition book. And I'd be like, yeah, you have to have this first edition book, whatever. You know, and that's how you, that's our one time pad or something crazy like that. Otherwise, you give them just some shitty scrap of paper and be like, here you go. I set up the Confide app now. So uh, let the kookdom begin. Yeah, there you go. That'd be great if you use the uh, first edition book. But there was only one, so you're like, bro, you gotta get, you gotta get the first edition of this. I was like, all right, how many copies are there? One, I got it. Oh shit, <laughs> wrecked. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think this through. <laughs> no, you know what we gotta do, and uh, guys, put in the put in the comments if you if you want us to do this. We'll do the whole show in Spanish. No, it, well, we'll do the whole show. <laughs> we'll encrypt the entire show with a one-time pad that only people on the site who can come to our site get. I, I, I am not making that promise. You can do it in post. So Everybody you mean do it all in post? You mean <laughs> instead of actually saying words, we'll be, just be like JK two nine three seven yeah Z stars six. There'll be long pauses while we try to say unscripted things. <laughs> like wait, wait, wait. Five six five six six five JK five. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Okay, maybe not. Uh, fun, fun to fun to think about doing. We'll have to do a. Uh, well, you're right though. We we do have to do a, a whole episode in um in a nonsense language. Uh, well, not not necessarily a nonsense language, but a, a different language. So we could do um I don't know. We could do Pig Latin, right? No. That's the thing. Um, what else? Vito. Esperanto, man. Well, the problem... See, I would like to do that. I would actually love to do that. The problem is none of us speak Esperanto. Oh, okay. Right. Along with all the other languages you Minor detail. mention. <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. Ideally... I, mean, I could do the whole us. show by myself in another language, but... Uh, yeah. You know. James, you, I don't speak any other languages. James, do you? No, man. Okay. Because that would be ideal. Like, Mike could just speak <laughs> French for the whole episode. Uh, you know, I would speak Tagalog for the whole episode, and you would speak English. We'd have no idea what the fuck we're saying, but we just say whatever's on our mind. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, that would be pretty cool, actually. Um, or it'd be better if we actually, you know, oh, that's a great point, James. Da-da-da-da-da. You know, <laughs> and it's like, 
uh, what? <laughs> like, yeah. So I, I assume you agreed with me, and uh, <laughs> we'll move on from there. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So, so you uh, are allowing me access to your wife. Yeah. <laughs> like, so we have an agreement. Wait, what? Yep. So someone get married, so they have a wife, and then we'll, can, <laughs> yeah. we'll go from there. Baby steps. Um. Okay. So. Yeah, that's uh, so that's interesting. Confide saw a huge increase when Brazil banned WhatsApp. Yeah. Um, I do want to mention though that that the the ban was lifted almost immediately on WhatsApp. Another court said, "Nah, you're crazy, bro." And they 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 I think after ten hours, there was the ban was lifted. So, I'm curious how they actually execute that. Do they just like mandate every ISP in their country block traffic? Uh, you know from to and from certain set of IPs or something? That's a, that's a good question. I don't know how they do yeah, that. I don't know how they do it. That You know, my guess would probably be yes, exactly. And when you say what's, you know, every ISP is probably... Like two? Well, well I was going to say... Or they just tell WhatsApp. They file... Well... They, they, they have to... They say hey, hey, WhatsApp, WhatsApp block to, all Brazil traffic or something? Yeah, they just tell WhatsApp. I guess they could do like, that, you'll, you'll but... You'll be a violation um, of our court order if you don't block all brazil traffic that's, that's a good right. idea i was thinking they would actually just have to block it at the mobile carrier level yeah. um like you know their equivalent of verizon wireless down there you know they probably have two or three companies and they say okay you know you you and you you got to block it but um you know that doesn't that doesn't also cover people who are they have it on their phone but they're connected to wi-fi you know so like if they have the equivalent of of a cable modem or something right, right, down right. there, but you know, you know, Brazil is basically a third world, so I don't know, I don't know what they have going on down there. Madness. I I don't know if you guys have been hearing the uh, talk about you know they're gonna have the Olympics there this summer. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it should be a good in, time in Rio, and uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm hearing all kinds of stuff about that. Uh, yeah, people, we've, we've uh, say it's that violent and oh yeah, and. uh well, that's the main thing. That apparently it's there's a lot of crime and violence in in and around Rio, and also there's this whole Zika virus thing going on down there. Yeah, they're having a hard time over there with the whole Zika thing. So <laughs> that should be fun to. Uh, I don't know what security is like with uh, at like a normal safe country during the Olympics. If you know teams get escorted to and from their hotels to the uh, to the venues by armed security but uh, that will probably happen this time i, I yeah. somehow i doubt that happen well let's say a bodyguard or something but i doubt it um mm-hmm. in There's a in a like you said in a normal safe country quote unquote like america or canada or you know france or something i don't know you know but uh like i don't know what is russia a safe country like i don't know i don't know what was going on in russia for the olympics it's, rel- it's probably rel- it's relatively safe but I think they're, uh, I mean, they, what's, you're going to have those freaking BOPA guys standing around. They're going to be in every shot. When they show, like, Brian Gumbel's like, burr, 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 and the camera's panning, you're going to see a fucking guy in all black with a ski mask on and an AK-47 like this, you know, yeah. just standing there, you know, on the fucking steps. At the ready. Yeah, it's like, oh, the torch guy was mugged six times running through a favela to get here, you know? <laughs> but it just disappeared. We don't actually know where it went. 
Yeah, he was beaten with the torch and anally raped by it. You know? <laughs> the government Welcome refuses to, to comment. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard people say they want to they want to postpone the games, they want to cancel them altogether, they want to move it somewhere else. I'm sure none of that's going to happen, but it's way too late for that. It costs too much money. Dude, if they if they move those games, Brazil would fall into a civil war unlike anything seen by man to date because it costs so much fucking money. For Brazil, Brazil's gone into so much debt to get those Olympic Games there, and I don't know why anybody would want the Olympic Games. It's like a bunch of hassle. It costs a bunch of money, and you have a bunch of shit you'll never use again. Like I don't get it. I it's just like a it. PR campaign for your country. To, well, to Come say, see what? how great we are. We're stupid. You know, what I mean, they're not going to make the money back. No. You know, China. Well, those those stadiums, those beautiful stadiums, China built, are just fucking rotting right now. You know, no one's using them. They could reuse the soccer stadiums, I guess. Oh, they could reuse them all if they wanted to. No one will, because it's China and nobody does anything. Are they reusing the stuff that was built? Sell fish heads or whatever. Here in America? I don't know. Where were they in America? Was anything actually built or were there already facilities and they just I'm assuming, them? You know, I don't even know, to be honest. I mean, it was, um, what, Atlanta, right? In 96? Atlanta and Salt Lake City. And Salt Lake City, right. When so, was Salt Lake so they City? probably was, built a ski jump. That was relatively recently, wasn't it? Early 2000s. Yeah. So, yeah, so I don't know what, what did it... Well, if for the winter one, they have to at least... They have to do this, the ice skating thing somewhere, right? Yeah, but there's hockey arenas everywhere. Okay, so maybe they just use that then. I don't know. I mean, you have to build, like, a bobsled track or something, but that's probably not a huge cost. I mean, I know in Montreal, you know, Montreal had the Olympics, I think, in the 70s, maybe. And um, they they built some stuff there. And I know it's still there. I don't know what it's used for, but I'm assuming yeah. it gets used for something. <laughs> but, you know, I have no idea. One would hope. Yeah. Yeah, so it looks like in Atlanta, they didn't build anything. It looks everyone like everyone was just out in the field. No, I mean, like, <laughs> no, 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 no. It was like the boxing arena was something on a college campus. Oh, okay. Uh, the this one, Atlanta Fulton County Stadium, was built in um, like 1965 or something. I mean, there's it doesn't like anything was built. I, I mean, I'm look, I'm still looking. Field hockey got a stadium. Yeah, Atlanta Clark University. The cycling road course, obviously, they just took that down. The Georgia Dome, obviously, you know, nothing's been – nothing that's really old. Georgia State, yeah. So Georgia Tech oh, Aquatic State Center. Um, yeah, they didn't build anything. Morehouse College. So they went on all the colleges, which mm. is smart. Yeah. Oh, Atlanta Beach Volleyball. Well, we know Atlanta's landlocked, so let's see this beach. Atlanta Beach Volleyball. <laughs> what on the shores of the it's like sand dumped in a parking lot basically yeah there's no picture of it is there a river there or something dude do you really want to play fucking fucking volleyball on the fucking uh, river at atlanta the riverfront beach what little little how John? majestic hi hi <laughs> hi with his fucking big ass cup and his teeth get out of what here what are you talking about <laughs> i don't know when i think of atlanta i think of little john <laughs> wait, wait, say, so he's okay. from Massachusetts and you know it. 
That's right. He's from he's from uh, he's from the with the blue bloods in Connecticut or whatever. No, right. I don't know. <laughs> Hello, my name's Small John. <laughs> Known as Little John. Oh God, the Stone Mountain Tennis Center. That must have been fun and hilariously racist. Why would it be racist? Stone Mountain is uh, a place where they had. Uh, if it's where I think it is, Stone Mountain, and well, Google it. Google what Stone, Google Stone Mountain. Did they paint the tennis bubble in blackface? No, no. Google Stone Mountain. Stone Mountain was a picture of a slave getting whipped or something. Here, let's see. No, no. I want to just look at images, or I mean, you got to see what it is. Stone Mountain, Georgia. Yeah. Well, that's a city. So what's the actual Stone Mountain? So it might have been the city, which is not very racist. It's just a place. And a place can't be The racist. Mountain Rock Relief and Train. <laughs> oh. Oh. So, and was the site of the founding of the second Ku Klux Klan in 1915. That's nice. The second... Apparently. And now is there a first? It's like the home of the South or whatever. Yeah. And it's it's like some some shitty it's not a national park at all, but it's like a park people are like, Yeah, this is a national park <laughs> but not at all. So Evan, the first clan was from eighteen sixty five to the eighteen seventies. The second clan nineteen fifteen to nineteen forty four. And the third clan from nineteen forty six to now. Hmm. Well, there you go. Didn't know that. I wonder how uh, how their doctrines changed over the years. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. And I don't think I want to know. Um. Yeah, apparently the, whole, the first two Clue Clan was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I think that there's a there's a doctrinal difference between the first and the second Clueless Clan, and I don't know how that belongs in the IO panel, but there's a there was a big difference between the two, and I remember seeing it on Discovery Channel how there was a big like kind of a split, and people kind of are relating Clueless Clan to what we know as the Clueless Clan from the second Ku Klux Klan, which is like the cross burners and the maniacs and the crazy racists. And the first Ku Klux Klan was something completely different. It was like, it was just a gentleman's club. Well, probably that was still very With an affinity for white linen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know. There's, there's more to that. And I'm sure there's some, some, some uh, people out there who probably some very racist people who probably know all the details, but <laughs> there's definitely more to it. Um, you know that's a whole argue, whole argument for another podcast altogether about the about Stone Mountain. Um, people say they want the the carving. There's a carving in the side of the mountain. They want it ripped off because it's the Confederates. And there's a museum on the on the top, which is a Confederate museum or or park or something. And they people like, well, we want this thing shut shut down, you know. Um, but I think it's privately funded or something. I'm not really sure. But, uh, you know, it, even though it's a really shitty part of history, it's part of history. Um, the other thing, the thing that one thing that offends me about all of this stuff is not because it's racist or something, but because they're the losers. And in America, we tell the losers to get wrecked. So that's the thing about it. And a, a guy who was in the a guy who a, soul, a buddy of mine who was in Iraq he told me when the whole Confederate thing flag can't happen, he's like the conservative, like whatever, you know, 
Um, but he was like, he's like, dude, fuck these guys. They're fucking losers. Why would we celebrate losers? Fuck them. You know, like, and that was like really <laughs> profound because it was like, yeah, he's right. They're losers. You know, that's, we shouldn't celebrate. They're fucking losers. They lost. So they need to fucking disappear in the fucking annals of history. Um, so that's one thing that he's totally right about that. That's probably my biggest issue with it. Otherwise I could care less, whatever. You know, some fucking hillbilly bullshit that's going to fucking disappear with time, so it doesn't matter. But, um, anyway. I mean, it's okay to to know about it, you know? Yeah, it is. Absolutely. But 100%. History is important, but, you know, yeah, you're right. It's not like, ooh, we're Confederates, you know? This yeah, is so yeah. awesome. I'm like, no, you fucking suck. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you fucking lost, you fucking shitbag, you know? <laughs> so, you know. I'll take a survey of my surrounding awesome. area. Right, James? What's that? The General Lee is still awesome. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I see what you're saying about the Stone Mountain thing. There's, like, a carving in it of, like, you know, Robert E. Lee and and uh, Jefferson Davis. Yeah. And uh, Stonewall Jackson. Yeah. So Jefferson Davis was the president of the Confederate States of America during the Civil War. And, of course, you know, we've heard of Robert E. Lee's one of the generals, and then Stonewall Jackson was one of the other generals in the uh, Army of the South there. This so. website, five spring break favorites for families in the South. <laughs> it's got this place. <laughs> and it's a, some, like, a, like, like a black family sitting on a picnic blanket looking at this fucking Confederate bullshit up here on the wall. I swear, man, the world is a hilarious fucking funny-ass place, man. I'm so glad I'm in it. All right, let's move on, man. All right. So, um, I don't know. James, you want to talk about your thing, or, or Evan, you want to talk about your thing? Uh, I can talk a little bit. Uh, All right. So, we've we've spoken about Amazon's Dash buttons in the past, primarily used to order lots of laundry detergent that you need. Or toilet paper. Or toilet paper. Um. So what they're doing is opening up that concept to developers. Uh, you do need to be an Amazon developer or like a developer affiliate to to participate, but you can sign up for an account at developer.amazon.com. So for $20, you can buy basically a uh, customizable uh, dash button, which can interface with Facebook, Twitter, AWS, um, all the, you know, stuff in your house, probably IOT, Internet of Things devices, um, within the limits of Amazon's API and ability to program. Um, so I think it'd be pretty cool to, you could have like a button next to your bed that you push when you wake up, which will, like if you have, you know, uh, a sm I don't know if a lot of these things exist, but a smart coffee maker, you know, they have coffee makers with timers, of course, but you, you know, at the push of a button in theory, you could start your coffee, you could turn on uh TV to news or music or weather. Uh, it could initiate a timer to, you know, open your garage door and start your car in like 45 minutes and um, make an inspirational basic bitch post to Facebook for the day. Oh my God. <laughs> you could also have another button to, to, uh, when you go to bed, uh, you know, turn dim or turn off the lights in your house, lock all the doors, set the alarm, um, 
you know, turn off. Uh, I don't think it would turn off your cell phone or silence your cell phone or something like that. Basically, a, a do not disturb button or something. Um, lots of different uses, but it all depends on what you have that is IoT and what you can interface with. Um, but it's pretty cool. Now, obviously, it's not unique. There have been sort of homebrew, uh, you know, home automation uh, builds in the past, f- focused around Raspberry Pis and you know whatever have you. But I think it's cool that Amazon is um, making this available. I don't know exactly what you would do with AWS, like push a button, spin up a new server or something. Or maybe, you know, there's there's more to AWS than I really have a grasp on. Maybe it'll just talk to servers that are in AWS, you know, for whatever. So Yeah. You know, so that, or maybe it's limitless then. Yeah, I mean, if you have a bunch of IoT devices that don't necessarily talk to each other, but they will talk to something in AWS, and then this button talks to that, you know, I guess that's a way to connect everything. So, I don't know, I thought that was pretty cool. Neat. Um, What's next? Uh, One other thing. So... In the show notes, um, I posted a link that shows pictures of um, not really what James would call a mech, but it's more like it's a it's an exoskeleton um, designed by Hyundai for to to be used in I guess some of their factories for their workers. It can assist in lifting up to a hundred kilograms, which I think is just over. Oh, sorry, hundreds of kilograms. Um, so. Hmm. Hundreds and hundreds of pounds, I guess. One hundred looks- kilograms is two twenty pounds, just so yeah. we all know. Yep. So it actually doesn't look that obtrusive. Um, there's a sizable. <laughs> I mean, for what it is. Yeah. There's a sizable backpack. Uh, it looks size ridiculous things, to me, but which I mean, I'm assuming the the little. I looked at the blog post. It's all in Korean, so I didn't. I didn't understand anything, but um, I'm assuming it's all electrical and not like hydraulic, but it could be also be hydraulic or some, uh, you know, a combination of the two. Now there's a couple pictures in the, the very top one. It shows the, uh, a worker in, we'll say the full kit lifting, uh, what seems to be like a restaurant door or something. I don't know why it's all that heavy. Yeah, it um, looks pretty now, <clears throat> but further down, it shows, what I would describe as an elderly man wearing a much smaller version um, that's primarily like uh, sort of bracing his back and attached to his legs, climbing stairs. So that definitely has a use for. Um, Jesus, look at his hands. My God. Yeah. <laughs> for, as they mentioned, um, handicapped or paraplegic or elderly people or uh, anyone with uh, mobility issues. Um, could also be used for rehab. Now, I have seen something like this in the past that, uh, not from Hyundai and not nearly as advanced, but for some reason, I think it was designed for airplane mechanics. as sort of an exoskeleton slash lockable um, leg pieces that you could wear because in certain situations they would have to basically be in like a half squat position for like an hour working on something. So, um, for in, 
in an effort to make worker fatigue and injury lower, I guess some company made this thing where uh, you, you strap it around your waist and uh, it has something that goes down your legs and you can sort of get into position and lock it. And then it's essentially a chair, you know, a custom chair. So the weight's off your feet. You're in the position you need to be. Um, you know, definitely not. Uh, Hyundai does not own the market in this, but it's just uh, one development. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, this, this is pretty cool, actually. And I saw, um, I've seen one a, a Japanese guy made. Uh, his company's actually called Cyberdyne, believe it or not. <laughs> Um, because he hates mm. all of us. Uh, and so it begins. Yeah. And, uh, I think if you look them up, you'll see his, his looks pretty sleek and pretty cool, but his was specifically de- designed to help people walk and things. And he, I'm not going to say to murder people, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the murder bot. if it's designed in Japan, it's going to go loose and we'll need another agency who just has these to, to tame them. So a very important um, question. Is there an anime about it yet? Oh, there's oh, several dozen. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to say, this looks very familiar. Uh, you've seen a little movie called Alien, or Aliens. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this this looks very, very familiar. You know? Well, I'd like to see when the, the U.S. government or some other government, it's probably going to be something the U.S. will do, but uh, make something like this that carries a man port. Because one of the biggest things in the Army is... Can can what? How much can we make a soldier hold? How much can can one man carry into the field? Like a radio? Like if you, you like you got a guy? Like you, say you have a small squad in the field, and then they have one guy with a massive radio, and then they have guns, ammunition, food, sleeping bag, medical supplies, everything, and they still have to be mission capable. You know, so I'd like to see when they introduce something like this. That can hold like all this stuff and a man portable, you know. I could just imagine like guys in the field with like not Gatling guns, artillery. That's crazy, but yeah, artillery. Yeah, or, like a mortar or something on the back. Mm-hmm. You know, like that'd be crazy. And but and, so you can still move around. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, because there's, I mean, I mean, I'm sure there's tons of equipment soldiers don't take into the field that they could need just because it's too heavy. They they you need know? uh dimensional compression. Yeah. Or, or yeah. whatever. I mean, I wonder if you, you could sort of... Game magic. Yeah, yes. If you could sort of integrate, like, uh, a hydraulic car suspension or something. Because, you know, the, the car suspension is meant to lift and, I'll say, articulate, you know, for two tons. So if you scaled that down to human size, you could probably walk and, you know, hold a lot on your back. Balance might be an issue. I don't know. Um, or you could run faster or something. Well, you know what I've seen? Um, and there's actually a fucking video of it going around the web. A guy with two jet engines strapped to his back. Um, <laughs> some college made it, and they're testing it. They're testing <laughs> The Army's actually trying, playing with it. ARL is playing with it. It's like two turbine jet engines, like, and he's running. And they're like, oh, this increases your speed by, you know, some tiny percentage. It's like... Yeah, he's wearing a fucking jet engine. Yeah, yeah. better increase his speed. Um, but something else I saw that was really cool, it was a backpack. So take a standard backpack. It's a Rocketeer. And no, no, it was just a standard backpack. But <laughs> the part that sits on your back, so the frame is on these, it slides on springs. So as you as you take a step down, your backpack normally will be like, 
will jiggle with the heaviest weight and like kind of you'll get this like you know what I mean and mm-hmm. it'll kind of yank you down this negates that downward motion by making it so that you don't feel it so that's so which will if you see a, see a soldier with this backpack it's just like this the back the pack is kind of making this up and down motion that you can't feel it's really cool I saw it um hmm. and I was like this is awesome where can I get this would just a cheaper version of that be uh able to be designed by just using like strategically placed elastic um probably honestly it's not anything special a cheaper version could be easily made it's literally uh a metal frame with rails on it a metal frame on the back of a backpack with rails on it and then springs in there and probably a counterweight or two um Hmm. uh, uh, some engineer could design it and it'd be awesome like i would love to buy that because you can carry more weight and or the weight will encumber you less yeah. So, lots of goodies out there. Yeah. Oh, anyway, the the guy from Cyberdance specifically said, "I will not allow this to be used in military applications." Okay. So, yeah, when he first made it, he said he said that. Well, what can, I mean, okay. I I hope he can defend that. I don't know that he even has like. I mean, I don't think you can patent this thing. I think it's just like. You know, I think it's something that exists, and obviously, um, yeah, if you go to Cyberdyne's website, you can see his. His is way skinny. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you, but yeah, it's obviously Hyundai's doing it. A lot of companies are doing it. I'm sure the Army's testing something similar to it, like back in, in the woods somewhere that we don't know about. Oh, yeah. You know, we've, all, we've all seen Big Dog and everything else and all the other little tools. It wouldn't surprise me if Boston Dynamics has something like this floating around in a, in a shop somewhere. Because this is an obvious – this is something you obviously want to do. You want soldiers, people, anyone to be able to carry more weight you know, than a human being is meant to carry. Like just imagine backpacking with this. It'd be amazing. Like you, you take a backpack filled with everything, mm-hmm. you know, and it wouldn't be a big deal. You could walk for hours, no problem. Yeah. Set this thing in automatic and just relax your freaking body and just go, and just get carried. You fucking sleep, whatever. You know that'd be great. <laughs> just push the push the autopilot button, but like, <laughs> and you just walking. <laughs> just walking. Exactly. James, that uh, that reminds me of a of a book we've both read. Um, what book is that? It's called the red, I think. Oh yeah, the red. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, suit up, armor and bones. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, they, they call this. they call the exoskeleton bones, or they also call it a dead sister. Yeah, and they actually, yeah, when a soldier would die, the the if the if the bones weren't too badly damaged, they would because the bones cost so much money, they would just slave the soldiers the dead soldiers bones to the other soldier so the guy'd be walking and there'd be like a corpse soldier following him you know it's the creepiest thing you mm-hmm. know obviously i didn't see it it was a book but it was really well written um by you know, louise nakamura nakamoto i believe it's linda nagata linda nagata there you go i got the l in the n <laughs> and English name, English first name, Japanese last name, Linda Nagata. That's it. Mm-hmm. Although yeah. I've I've come to see that a lot of people with these, with what sounds like to me a Japanese sounding last name is not Japanese at all. So, what is it? Well, I don't know which which she is. Um. Oh, she's from Hawaii. So there you go. Oh, I yeah. thought you said 
like Nagata is not a Japanese last name. Well, no, I've I've found other people with, to me, Japanese sounding last names, and they're like from Africa. So, uh, oh, but Michael is not very cultured. So. Oh, clearly, yeah. <laughs> so I forgot how many languages do you speak? Look, Canada. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, fucking fucking French. And if you're Canadian, French is not a language. It's just like a way of survival. It's like how you make it through the day. All what right? are you talking about? To fucking avoid all those rowdy French gangs in Quebec. Yeah, rowdy French gangs. I forgot. <laughs> They're just roaming the streets. Stealing their cheese. <laughs> Did they secede yet? Still their bowl swain or whatever. <laughs> no, they they're trying, man. We can use your support. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Send a dollar to the Quebec Liberation Front. It's literally four guys in a fucking Taco Bell parking lot <laughs> in the back of a station wagon with some maps. <laughs> Just drawing circles around Quebec like, yes, That's yes, right. this is ours. That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything you donate will go to more maps and more highlighters. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. What were we talking about? Oh, I don't know, man. What's this show about? I don't uh, know. exoskeletons. Yeah, exoskeletons. No, but what were we talking about after that? Oh, dead, next? dead sisters. That's right. Dead. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people, uh. People with, to me, Japanese-sounding last names. That's right. Ah, right. That's what, yeah. that's what it was. That's what it was, yeah. So, yeah, there's a woman at work. Uh, I don't remember. Now I can't think of the damn last name. But her last name, like, was something like that. It's like Komodo or something. It was like something like that. And I was like, oh, she's clearly Japanese. And I met her, and she was, like, very black. I was like, oh, okay. Her husband's Japanese. No. <laughs> Not married. I bet no, the spelling is probably something crazy. It probably is, yeah. I don't know. It's I don't probably know it very African. <laughs> you know, and not Japanese at all. Because Japanese has a certain kind of a thing going on with their names. Anyway, True. because we're all experts on African and Japanese names, we should probably <laughs> leave that topic alone and move on. <laughs> Evan, what else have you got for us? <laughs> um There is a new Dark no, no, no! Red. I want to talk what? about this. No, I'm kidding. No, <laughs> I, no, no, no. So we're not. We're not moving on yet. I am not finished. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, there's a new publication on the dark web, the deep, dark, scary web, known as the Tourist, um, which is created by. Let me. Yeah, T O R I S T, referencing the Onion Router, aka Tor, aka your doorway to the dark web. And doorway, also, gateway, also and anonymity also, and encryption, and um oh right illegal illegal and illicit substances. Well, I was saying tourist, right? Oh well, like I'm a tourist, like I, se- like sexual tourism. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, something else. I apologize. I thought that was the obvious answer, so I did not feel the need to describe it. Ah, okay. Sorry, you're like. You're like three levels up, you know. Or yes, I'm moving down here, on. Down here in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> so it was created by um, two two people. One sort of, I guess I'll call an anonymous user, GMH, and a University of Utah uh, communications professor. 
I guess they saw a need to bridge the gap between the clear web and the dark web, and they're using they they felt that uh, literature, for whatever reason, was a good way to um, merge the two. Idiots. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Also, someone pointed out there's no reason cat videos can't be secure. So there's that. Uh, but users were encouraged to submit, um, you know, for uh, information to put in the, their issue anonymously via an open source software designed for whistleblowing called Global Leaks. Um, I have not used Tor, but in this article, um, it's it's from Wired, so it was done by. Uh, I was about to say it was done by a real journalist, uh, <laughs> but they uh, they explained that uh, they had not used Tor before investigating this, and sort of it had a it had a mysteriousness about it. But it was actually quite easy to do, and you know, once it was installed, you're like, okay, you're on Tor. They were like, uh, oh, all right. So mm. if I if I ever have a ton of spare bandwidth or unlimited data, perhaps I uh, might consider opening an exit node um, just to to do some good for the community. Have you used Tor? No. Would you start using Tor? Probably. Okay. I have no reason to. But no, well, there's there's no I reason to. Try. I mean, really. Um, but. Uh, I've you know I've played with it before. It's kind of fun. Yeah. One quick mention is apparently 52%, very precise number of websites hosted on Tor are actually sorry, Tor are actually legal uh in the US. So it's not like some CD underbelly where everything is drugs and guns and mm. hired hits and all that stuff. That, you- that's only 48%. Can, can, right. can you like hire Hitman on tour? Like, what, uh, okay, sure. We, gotta, we should do a video on tour. People well, do a lot for money. There was, there was a. Uh, <laughs> I mean, twenty bucks is twenty bucks. You know, <laughs> I think we all know what that's from. Uh, there you go. No, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a. Uh, no, well, you know, there there was a. If people don't know, there was a website called the Silk Road. Um, which operated on, it was only accessible if you were connected to the Tor network. And so on that website, it was kind of like, it was always described as eBay for illegal stuff. So you could go on there, set up an account, and either sell your wares, or you could set up an account and just buy stuff. And usually payment was done via Bitcoin, so it was all anonymous. And people sold drugs uh weapons uh hacking equipment fake uh, ids oh yeah, fake IDs. IDs. sure you know credit card numbers you know um and services like uh like you're talking about like a hit mm-hmm. like you know you could order a hit on someone for like 15 grand or something you know something crazy i don't know but it's pretty cheap, you know. In a movie, it's always like two million or something. So you know, it's like <laughs> fifteen grand is a hell of a deal. Yeah, um, I'll take two. Have yeah, exactly. From your life. Oh boy. So, but you know, the Silk Road was closed down, obviously, and they arrested and convicted. By the fun police. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the party boobers, yeah. 
No, um, I forget the name of the guy who was arrested, but uh, he was arrested, tried, and convicted of operating the Silk Road. He was uh, going by the he name the Dread just for him, the Dread Pirate Roberts. He was convicted um, of operating the Silk Road. Yep, his name is apparently Ross William Ulbricht. Yep. Yeah. And he was so, innocent. Yeah. He was framed. Yeah. yeah, right. So, well, the Dread Pirate Roberts still exists, as far as I know. It's a, a persona assumed by who, whatever admin is in charge. So yeah, he's going to jail for a long time. Just so you guys know. Yeah, unfortunately. So the Silk, so Silk Road still exists? No. No, they they took it down. Now the I'm sure do exist. I'm sure there. Yeah, I'm sure there are other websites that have sprung up and taken its place. Um, what were what was the all the whole upset about? Just the drugs, right? That's what people were worried about. Um, that's what that's what got all the publicity was the drugs. Um, I mean, there were a lot of stolen identities and stuff, also, which to me I think is a bigger bigger deal than drugs. Oh well, you know, weapons yeah. too. But I mean, the whole the whole sort of I'll say bust was super corrupt. So some of the some of the people, I guess CIA agents who were um they were infiltrating to to try and gather evidence. Thought, I I think it's FBI actually. FBI, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um who uh were infiltrating the network and sort of you know gaining trust and and sort of helping with operations. They got charged or caught for money laundering and fucking hiring hits and doing all this shit themselves. Jesus. Yeah, so the whole thing was just Because they fucked. realized how much fun it was. Yeah, well, this is great. Yeah, like, this, this, yeah, we, this thing exists. We need to do everything we can to fucking keep this thing. Well, Al, actually, I meant to, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't put it in the show notes, but... Um, how dare you? I saw a uh, story earlier this week how right here in uh, in D.C., there was a joint operation between the DEA. No, I'm sorry. Was the DEA? No, it was the ATF. I'm sorry. It was the ATF and the D.C. police. They had a year-long sting operation, as they called it, going on, where they they operated a fake rap label, a fake music label, and a fake artist, some guy. I don't, you know, I don't remember what name they had, but something stupid. And and they put the word out, quote unquote, that they were looking to buy weapons and drugs. And so, from this whole year-long thing, apparently they they arrested like a hundred people or something. And you know, I forget how many weapons they got off the street and how many how many you know how much drugs, but it was you know. All, every kind of drug you can think of, you know, they got all kinds of crap, and every kind of weapon you can think of, including a rocket launcher. So <laughs> <laughs> now here's a question, right? I, I mean, I, I, all my law comes from all my law experience comes from fucking Law and Order, but is this even legal? I mean, I feel like isn't entrapment a thing? No, it's not a thing. Okay. It is. It is a thing, but I mean, they don't have to tell you. No, 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 not that. But I mean, they, if okay. they, it's like a prostitute saying, hey, you want a blowjob? You want a blowjob? Come get a blowjob. Give me, I want to give you a blowjob. Come to my house and I'll give you a blowjob. And you're just like, okay. And you go there, like, 
it's not like you were looking to give to get a blowjob. You were just standing there on the corner and where there where there are prostitutes, and a prostitute said, "I'll give you a blowjob," and you're like, "All right, cool." Like I, I just thought that I, I thought that uh, obviously you shouldn't be getting blowjobs from prostitutes, but you know I just kind of thought that they had to you had to come to them. If you, know? you want something done right, you go to a professional. Right. Well, you put the word out. You know. Just like when cops do the same thing, like you said, with prostitutes, and they say, you know, they do the same thing, right? They arrest a bunch of Johns or whatever. Um, they're doing the same thing. You know, they're not they're not saying, hey, you want whatever? You know, they wait for them to come to them. Mm-hmm. So they do the same thing with this. They just put the word out, you know. They weren't going up to people and be like, hey, man, you want to buy some guns, you know, or you got any guns you can sell me? You know? Right. They uh they solicited volunteers. Uh, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. So, I mean, I'm sure these guys are like, I was entrapped, you know, but whatever, you know. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> so, just thought that was interesting. Um, somewhat related. Good times. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. So, Evan, anything else you want to talk about this, uh, this tour, the tourist? No, sir. Okay. Well, let's go to your your next item then. Uh, doom. Doom. Yeah. Doom is doomed. Doom is doomed. Yeah, probably. Oh, well, I no, mean, it, it has uh, it has a a very slim chance of staying relevant for a short time. So. I'll I'll start this off saying that I'm very biased. Um, <laughs> so you couldn't find a more biased person if you tried, okay? It's true. <laughs> it's very true. So I pretty much like video games for the multiplayer aspect. Um, I've never I've never played any any game for sort of, you know story driven or to to go through the plot line and see how yeah, uh, how awesome that is. Younger? I mean, when I was... I guess there was a big gap. So, when I was very young, I would play Sonic the Hedgehog and uh, Jet Moto and, like, NHL Face-Off 98. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, there's no real story to that. But um, getting into computer games, I've pretty much just played, I guess, like, two or three so there was Unreal Tournament uh, 99. Mm-hmm. Then there, you gave me a Quake 3 disc, which started this whole thing. Uh, I'm responsible? You're responsible. Oh, my God. And um, I feel so honored. Yeah. And uh, I guess a little bit of uh, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, but very, very rarely and casually. Mm. Um, so none of those really have like a big story behind them. Um, not like Skyrim or, or something or, you know, um, not slender man. What the hell? Like Bioshock or anything like that. So, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, about, um, I guess about a month ago, um, I played the, the doom multiplayer open beta. They had a weekend where it was free. I thought it was quite slow compared to what I was used to. Visually looked pretty good. I like the weapons, rocket launcher, plasma gun, uh, the sniper rifle was pretty cool. Um, 
the field of view kind of looked, you know, reminded me of coming from what I'm used to of sort of looking through binoculars, which contributed to being pretty slow. Um, so it was underwhelming. You know, if it's if it goes on sale for twenty bucks or something on Steam, I might consider mm -hmm. it. Um, but apparently, that is very far from the single player mode, which is apparently fucking awesome. Really? So if if you're interested in a little bit of story, but I guess not too much, if you just want to, you know, shoot bots uh, or computer uh, computer controlled enemies, walk around getting ammo and health and just you know blowing uh, blood and guts everywhere, then mm. you might actually enjoy it. I personally still don't think it's worth 60 bucks because for a game these days, if you're paying $60, you're kind of expecting, you know, a, a, for a first-person shooter like a Call of Duty or a Battlefield, something way bigger. Um, but they do have a couple of interesting, uh, interesting aspects. There's one... Um, feature called a glory kill not to be confused with a glory hole uh, it's a melee attack which for a moment makes you uh, they say invulnerable I haven't personally experienced this but I think it just lets you create or sorry collect like more health than you're supposed to I don't know um, they do also have a pretty cool like celebration and taunt sort of system. So at the end of the multiplayer that I played, it shows, you know, first place, second place, third place, depending on your damage and kill death ratio. And there are certain character animations like the Carlton dance. <laughs> so I mean that's wow. that's kinda that's kinda cool. And I don't I think you can make custom ones or that you know there's multiple variations. because um, 'cause I've seen several. Um there is one feature that they call snap map, which is sort of a creative mode. So you can, you know, you can build your own map, uh, you know, within the game, you can make your own mode. So if you want to do, uh, like there one that one, I don't remember the name of it, but one mode they have in there, we'll just call it like, uh, defend the position. It's not that, uh, we'll call it maintenance now. So you have to, maintain control of a certain area on the map, which is nothing new. But in this case, that area is moving around the map. So you can't just sort of camp outside and, you know, kill anyone who comes close. You have to keep moving. So in theory, you know, the enemy team could, you know, set traps for you, take control back, stuff like that. So you could combine that with, like, capture the flag and play capture the flag where the flag is moving around the map. Hmm. Um, which is pretty interesting. So you can do that, or you can do something completely not game-related, like make a uh, a matching game, like Memory, or a Music Maker, or like build a jukebox. So while those last two don't really sound spectacular, the fact that there is modding, I'll call it modding capability, is what caught my eye, because... Quake 3, by itself, was pretty awesome. Definitely 100% a multiplayer game. Every single player aspect was just to familiarize yourself with maps and weapons, basically training. Mm -hmm. um, no story. But once uh, 
once game mods became a thing in Quake 3, that um, allowed two major uh, two major mods to sort of take rise. OSP, which is Orange Smoothie Productions, which created the first uh, competitive mod, which allowed for stat tracking, um, more map packs, uh, so, you know, just nice... Uh, that's actually what allowed the color change and force model. So there's, there's, you know, like 30 or 40 different characters you could pick from in the game. Um, and before that, whatever character you would pick, uh, you know, if you picked Keel or something and James picked Orb, you know, there's, there's like a, a giant robot and a big eyeball, respectively. <laughs> um, I would be forced to to see those, like, walking around the map. But with OSP... Um, I could force it, say, I want every enemy to be this model and this color. And you could make it any color you want because it was a, a hex code. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I want a bunch of hot pink robots running around that are super easy to see, you can do that. And that led to a, a big rise in uh, competition play. Uh, I was going to say cheating, but... no. <laughs> not not cheating. That's what, that's what I call it. But it's not, that's fine. It's not cheating if you are allowed to do it. It's not cheating if you're allowed to do it. Okay. Right. If it, if it's fair if, enough. I'll say if it's sanctioned. Fair enough. And uh, the second mod is um, CPMA, which is Challenge Promote Arena. It took a lot of the same aspects, um, improved upon the net code, and had a couple different uh, you know changeable features, but. Um, the fact that I guess there is at least some potential for modding allowed in Doom makes me think that it could be relevant, um, but I don't think I don't think it's the next big thing from id Software, or it, I mean, it might be, but it's not going to be the next big success from id Software. It is the next big thing. Hmm. I did notice who the uh, so id software is the developer. Mm-hmm. I saw who the publisher is. And I was Bethesda. like, ah, yeah, yep, mm-hmm. exactly. I just I just like them because they're local, you know. Mm-hmm. But they have put out some some good games like uh, Fallout Four. Oh yeah, you know. And uh, well, that's a, that's a good ones. story. That's a good story driven game. Yep, yep. And uh, are they the ones who do Skyrim also? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I have never played, but that sounds right. I've never played it. Well, I've never played any of those games, but I think I might own at least one of the Fallout games, but definitely never played it. You know how I do. Yeah. Well. So, I I don't have much else to say. I think I mentioned a couple weeks ago, two months ago when I played it, you know, the, the multiplayer might see... One year, maybe two, in some of the major tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that, it's probably gone forever. Hmm. Well, I'm. I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, I hope that you know this game. I mean, this game looks cool. You know, so I'm hoping that it you know catches on. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't really, you know, I have no dog in this fight. It's not like it really matters, you know, but, you know, I'm like, I see someone, you know, like you playing like a 15 to 20 year old game almost, 
and yeah. it's still popular and I'm like this is dumb you know <laughs> like we can't do better <laughs> you know what I mean like I mean I guess it's the whole it ain't broke don't fix it kind of thing you know like oh it works everyone likes it you know and then that's then that's the way it is but it's uh you know it seems ridiculous to me that you know we can't get something better that everyone's like oh yeah this now this is fucking awesome you know like well the thing is a lot of a lot of people who like you might have that mindset they will go out and buy whatever the newest most awesome looking game is and be like oh man these graphics are fucking amazing this is the future i love this game i don't play quake because of the graphics they look good enough for me because they're customizable sort of i mean you can turn on anti-aliasing if you want the textures look pretty good for what it is i mean you no, think it's, it's it's an arena shooter so the walls you know could could be brick or stone or like plasma or wormholes or whatever um but it's really like the gameplay and how how versatile one game can be mm-hmm. so i mean that, yeah, that's like, what keeps my attention yeah i mean i guess it's kind of like It'd be like saying, oh, man, we need to jazz up Tetris. You know, it's like, well, Tetris is Tetris, you know. Yeah. You can only you can only jazz it up so much, you know. And that's, of course, where we get all these other dumbass games now that people are addicted to, like a Candy Crush Saga and all this other crap. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, of course, there are variations on Tetris. Like, you know, Dr. Mario is basically a Tetris, but not, you know. Mm-hmm. And Columns, I don't know if you ever played that. That's uh, it's kind of like Tetris or Dr. Mario. You know, you have to match up the, the colors. Yeah. Um, so, and what's a game that's just like this? Like Bejeweled or something? Is that a game that's just like that? Yeah. Yeah. So That's like, t- that's kind of like Tetris meets Connect 4. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So... Yeah, like I said, there's only so many, so much you can do to those games. I mean, they're, you know, jazz them up a little bit, but there's still this. It's just that's just the way the game works, you know. So, so maybe it's the same with, uh, with Quake Three, you know. It's just that's it, and you know, they yeah, achieve I mean, perfection, and that's it. <laughs> you know, that's 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 how the game is. So, it's it's as. Well, I guess with with every game, it's as fun and long lasting as you make it. But right, um, and it's you know, Quake doesn't have Quake Live these days on Steam. Does not have a gigantic active community. Probably worldwide, like thirty thousand people play it. Hmm. Which many you might be like, oh, that's that's a good number. But for How many the back in the day, um, probably like ten times that. Really? Yeah. But uh-huh. if you if you look at like um, CS:GO, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, or League of Legends, you know some of the major, uh, you know, still ongoing tournament uh, games that are featured in big money tournaments, mm-hmm. those player bases are in the millions. Really? Yeah. Wow. So. But it's okay. That's all. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're definitely newer. Counter-Strike has a very long legacy of uh, a, and a large uh, player base that has gone with them uh, throughout the ages. Counter-Strike How Source was kind of like... Yeah. How new is um, Counter-Strike Global Offensive? Uh, four, five years, if maybe? Not more. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Less than a well, I was gonna be like I less than a decade. But, yeah. when the first Counter Strike, when it was just like a yeah. Half Life mod, when yeah. Evan was still playing Quake. So that's how old it was. Yeah, there's Counter Strike 1.6, which yeah. was like the major accepted version. Yeah. Then there CS Source, which yeah. everyone kind of was like, oh well, we hate it, isn't it? But it's just like re. No, redone. CS. Well, I mean the maps were migrated or redone yeah. most of the weapons are the same but the physics were different because um, it was on the Half-Life 2 engine or the Source oh, engine uh, CSGO I don't know what engine that's on but that's it, very um, accepted these days there's probably still people who play CS 1.6 but um, CSGO is quite popular they didn't change I feel like 1.6 and, and Go are very they're, the controls the look, the feel, everything is like back to how it should be. Source they I, I don't know what it was about Source it felt like the tweak, there was some subtle graphical tweak and and then obviously physics differences and stuff that just made the game seem like not great. And I don't know what it was about that game. I looked forward to it when it first came out but it was like not just wasn't great. I don't know what it was. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, CSGO definitely is, you know, classic Counter-Strike at heart, but with spectacularly updated graphics. Like, it looks yeah. great. And the, hmm. the new maps are pretty... They're, yeah. They're... I mean, you know, uh, they're designed for the Counter-Strike audience. It's a bunch of random fucking places with <laughs> yeah. like random weird shit everywhere and there's holes and murder holes and all kinds of shit. You know. Give me um, some dust any day though and we'll fucking play all day. Yeah. I'm looking at this uh, thing, it's the source engine also. Okay. Same engine? I mean it says source. I don't know if they have like a newer version of source engine or something, but I don't know. Whatever they know. did to source they did not do to global offensive. It's completely different. To me. Yeah, everyone was like, oh, that's so much better. So if you've never watched Counter-Strike, um, I guess I'll put a, a link in the show notes or uh, somewhere to you know the Twitch Counter-Strike stream page. It's kind of worth checking out once in a while if you're, hmm. if you're at all interested. Mike, I know you like to watch people play games, so... I do, it, actually. It might be right up your alley. I haven't really gotten into this Twitch thing except uh, to watch James play... Um, What's that game? Star Citizen. Star Citizen or... Space Engineers. Space Engineers, yeah, exactly. And actually... Or Shattered Horizons. Shattered Horizon, yeah. Did you did you stream that one? I did for about uh, half an hour, I think. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah, that's a... Uh, that's a good one. But, um... Yeah, no, I think I definitely need to get into... Um, into Twitch a little bit more. It's uh, I think it's good. It's good if you can catch people like playing something you want to play. Yeah, and you can watch them from the beginning, so you're not walking in like halfway through. Mm -hmm. um, like it's it's a great platform for let's plays if you follow certain people and things like that. <sighs> Otherwise, I don't know. Twitch is okay, but uh, I, I think know. it for for let's plays and in, in individual streaming. I think that's. A uh, really good recommendation, but if you just watch anyone play some game, that's kind of boring. I like watching Twitch streams for like uh, competition and tournament coverage, where they have ba basically pro commentators 
who can sort of answer, you know, if you're like, oh, why is he going there? They'll they'll talk about it. Yeah, that 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 is actually a great reason to look at Twitch. Um, I don't like Twitch for just like watching games. I wa- I like it for like if I know a certain person is watch- doing a playthrough at at thirteen hundred, I can tune in at thirteen hundred and watch the playthrough. If you don't know that, which you rarely ever do, there's I don't like Twitch. Um, I don't yeah. like streaming on it. I don't like using it. Uh, it's very interesting and and it's cool for the purposes Evan just underlined when something is going on and it's well covered and well it's well covered and they do video and everything very well. That's good. But for let's plays like like an unscheduled let's play or a let's play that you just want to look something up, YouTube 100 percent all the way. Evan, do you have any experience with YouTube? Uh, YouTube's, you know, live streaming their their com- their competitor. Nope. Okay. Yeah, I looked at it. it looks kind of cool. It looks kind of busy though. There's a lot going on. Yep. Uh, Mike and James, if you want, I just put a Twitch link in the Hangouts chat. There is a live tournament stream going on right now. If you want to check it out. Okay. Great. So yeah, if if um what's it called it had uh let me just mute this. If um if if Quake had been around, like if it had just come out now uh and had the same following, which I think for games to get the right following, it's like kind of like a strike kind of like striking striking uh fire just at the right time. Like, I don't think it can just happen natively where, like, like if you release Quake, Quake again, Quake, if you released Quake again today, it might get super famous and super popular, or it might not. You know? I think all these games have potential to be, like, uh, Overwatch. Yeah. We'll see what happens with Overwatch. Will it be huge? I don't know. Is that the game you've been playing? No. No, that's that's the MMO slash FPS slash third person. Um, no, it's first person, but so it's by Blizzard. What, what have you been playing, James? Oh, the Division. The Division. Yeah. Okay. And the Division's become the boring. It's basically like now me just like cussing at people who don't use their comms. Yeah. And fucking rage quitting. That's I did it again yesterday. You're done with it. I mean. I'm almost hit level 30, and I know there's more to the game beyond level 30. You get the gear scores, and you go all high in gear, and there's like... If you have a dedicated group of bros to play with, then you can do some of the mandatory four-man, you-must-use-communication-style missions. But I don't have that. So I'm just like, okay, there's a small... I'm I'm like wandering around this little last city. I'm like, okay, I've been everywhere in this city like seven times. I've done every mission like four times on every fucking possible hardness level. I've done every encounter. I've done everything. Only thing I haven't done is gathered up all the all the like little odds and ends like, oh, here's a phone. Here's an incident report. Here's a drone drone footage you can pick up. Mm-hmm. I haven't done all those because I don't care about winning the, the lame trendy coat or the other things that they have like as the prizes. Like I don't give a shit about that. You know, my my character is basically wearing the same gear he wore after my first day of playing the game, and I don't care about anything else as long as like he's functionally sound and has his shit together, and he does. So that's all I care about. So I'm pretty bored with that game now. Well, that's unfortunate, but yeah, but that's how it is for me. So you need to find a good multiplayer game, which is your hopes are uh, 
Your hopes lay with Star Citizen. Yeah, fucking never upgrade Citizen. (laughs) (laughs) They've been promising. So they promised this year that they would update the game every month. And they're basically behind for um, two months this year. Like, they didn't make it happen. Hmm. So they're behind for last month. They're supposed to be coming out with 2.4 already. They haven't come out with it. And 2.4 is going to be a really huge patch. They released it in the PTU, which is their test universe. But they released it in such a way that n- the people who play it have to have – they're only allowed to have uh, – they had to sign non-disclosure agreements. So they couldn't post anything. Mm. And they've had it for like multiple days and they have not been able to post anything about it. Mm. So like I can't even like get my dick wet as – you know, be like, ooh, <laughs> this is what's happening. You know what I mean? I can't even get excited because now it's just the scrubby-ass 2.3. And dude, I've fucking – there's nobody the things that need that they need to make Star Citizen great they haven't added yet. They say they're going to do it and I believe they will and I'm just like I'm not upset at them. I'm just cuz I know like the game is nowhere near being done, right? But I wish if they're going to do something, do it or don't do it. You know what I mean? Just give us, you know, give people a few little tweaks so they can play that other game, the the thing they've released um and have more fun with it. Mm-hmm. You know, that way the people are happy and more people play the game. But right now they have this like basically a sandbox with no mo- there's no motivation factor for you to be in there because there's never anybody in there. There's never anyone in there. Do people play Squadron 42 no, or whatever not, the not, not released yet. Oh, OK. Yeah, not out yet. So, James, it sounds like the um, sounds like back in the day when we used to play Second Life and there used to be the. The weekly maintenance, and everyone would go to the the Second Life test grid, or the beta grid, or whatever it's called, and uh, there was like nothing there. Yeah, yeah, basically. I mean, there's put it this way: there's stuff to do, but the stuff to do consists of. Uh, well, here's the thing: the problem with Star Citizen is there's nobody there. There's a lot of people who have access to the game, but they aren't playing it. Because most of the people who have access to this game, I'd say there's a small community of maybe, let's say, 5,000 people who are really excited about the game and are trying to play it. Everybody else who has the game... They're waiting. They're waiting, which I, which I totally understand. They don't want to get invested in something that isn't done yet. You know? So, uh, they're waiting, which it makes sense to me. But... In the meantime, while they're waiting, Star Citizen basically survives on press, you know, because they're this. Let's be honest. The complete game is going to be out to 2017. Um, Squadron 42 will probably be out in. I don't know. It's supposed to be out in summertime, but I don't know. It's almost summer now, mm-hmm. you know, but it's supposed to be coming out very soon. So mm-hmm. th- the first episode, once that happens, that'll change things like the game will be boosted up again. But now since they released all their cutting edge technology with fucking video and pictures and like like graphics and everything, fucking Far Cry no, is it not Far Cry. It's a uh, cry engine. No, no, no. Mm. It's another game with a guy on an island. Uh, Alex something or other. Uncharted. Uncharted 4 came out. It's fucking beautiful. Yeah. Have you guys seen Uncharted 4? My God. The faces in Uncharted 4 are amazing. It looks great. I mean, it's really... It couldn't be a better rendering engine that they're using. So, Star Citizen's already been trumped in one of their biggest things. Um, star power alone, I mean, most people don't care about the people they've hired. 
let's be honest, most fucking gamers don't give a shit about Mark Hamill. You know? Or Mark Strong or any of those other people who are in it. Yeah. You know? So, I don't know. He'd been better off getting the fucking Biebs to be in it. <laughs> fucking Admiral Bieber. <laughs> so, I don't know, man. You know, I mean, Star Citizen... Did they get he, Matthew Lillard? Yeah. yeah that's they definitely the all-important question. <laughs> and he's he works at a shoe store in Ohio. They could definitely get him. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. That if if if, if anything good comes, if two point four is released public, I'll definitely be talking about it next week because it's going to be, it's going to introduce a currency system. It's going to introduce the beginning of uh, persistence. It's going to introduce vehicle damage persistent states is going to introduce uh a new revamped um npc system i think i'm not 100% sure and they're going to revamp the station that you're in and open up new areas i have station. a question yeah i don't remember if i've asked you this before but you often use the term npc or npc what is that uh non-player character okay so like you know just some some Computer, a bot, a bot wandering around. Okay, but it, but in Star Citizen, and the thing is, in Star Citizen, the bots, like, instead of being like computer generated bot A who wanders through the scene and disappears as they go around a corner, computer generated bot A is assigned a name and a number. That name and number wanders through the universe doing things until they die. Okay, so that character exists. And you may interface with them multiple times. You know, they might be an interface from information gatherer or a fucking farmer or whatever. But that character exists. Mm-hmm. Is so so and there's a, a server that's tracking his flow through the system, even though he's not being rendered all the time. You know, he goes here, works in this factory, blah blah blah, he goes here, there, he flies back and forth here and there, that kind of thing. So that I, I don't know how that's gonna work for all the characters, but it's supposed they're supposed to track all the NPCs to some degree. As they interface with players and everything else, you know. So if a, if if a if a NPC pirates are robbing an NPC uh, character and you stumble upon that, the crime in progress, you can interrupt it or whatever. Nice. Like it'll, it will render that out to you. So it's pretty interesting. I'm but, making a citizen's arrest. Yeah, I'm the sheriff. Um, <laughs> but you know, the question is: Is any of this stuff going to work? Is any of it going to be real? Who knows? You know, Chris Roberts, he's he's cool. He, everything he's doing is trying kind of cool. But, you know, I'm going to be the first to say he's just a guy. And I, I will see it when I believe I'll believe it when I see it. I haven't lost faith, but, you know, I want to see some stuff. I want to see something. Yeah. Keep your promises. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. All right. So, um... Alright, I think that about does it for the game uh Yeah. Our game yeah. talk. Uh I'll just mention really quick this isn't really uh, technology related, but you know how I like to do. Um so I think just this past week there was a uh an incident on an airplane in uh in the United States, I'm not sure where exactly, just you know, somewhere normal like Pennsylvania or something. Where <clears throat> A woman thought that a guy looked looked like a terrorist, quote unquote, and thought he was writing something in Arabic or I don't know what on a piece of paper. So basically, they're they're sitting in an airplane 
like sitting on the on the runway, like you know, kind of waiting for their turn to take off or whatever. Maybe they're still at the gate. I'm not sure. And this woman thought that the guy next to her, he looks like a terrorist. Oh my god, what am I gonna do? So she basically tells the the stewardess something, and she manages to get off the plane. This woman, and but she like you know basically alerts authorities, quote unquote, and so. They hold up the plane, and they have the, they question the guy. Like, they make him get off the plane, and, and they question him. Turns out he's an, he's an economics professor. Okay, he's an economist. He works at the University of Pennsylvania. And the thing he was writing on the piece of paper was a differential equation. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus and, oh, and of course... And okay, yeah, he looks like a terrorist, quote unquote, or he looks like an like an Arab, as we like to say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's Italian. Jesus huh? Christ, Americans are the worst. <laughs> this guy is an Italian. So after they questioned him, they were like, "Oh, this is fucking stupid," and they let him get on back on the plane, and the plane went on its way. You know. But yeah, this just shows you how. Now I want to know if how dumb things if, can get. If that lady is going to be like, not not charged with any anything, but like fined for like stopping the plane or or reopening the doors and Should totally be any, a dumbass. Yeah, yeah, like any sure police time or something like that. Screaming or something. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't think they've. Um, last I heard, they weren't able to. They weren't able to get anything more about the woman. Supposedly, the woman did not get back on the plane, and she took a later flight or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, other than that, I haven't heard anything else about her. So, differential equations can be pretty tricky, but uh, they're not normally dangerous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And this guy is like, you know, an Italian. So you know, okay. Maybe maybe dark curly hair, you know, maybe uh, maybe a slightly, you know, olive complexion. <laughs> I, love the, I love this Ivy League economist suspected of terrorism while doing math maths aboard American Airlines plane. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Like how how fucking stupid can things get? You know, I mean, it's like fucking I mean, of course, we all know fucking how stupid. Italians. We know how stupid things can get. They can get real stupid real quick, you know? Oh, yep. <laughs> and this just shows you exactly how stupid things can get. So, yeah. So that's all. That's all I wanted to really talk about. Um, James, uh, I thought we could talk about a couple little things. Uh, we were talking earlier when we were, before oh, we started wait, recording. Second. Have you oh, seen this ahead. guy? Have you seen him? Oh, I saw him. You, you saw what he looks like, right? Yeah, he looks like a freaking normal guy. I mean, what does he look like? No, he looks like a fucking... I mean, he doesn't look like a terrorist, but he looks like a wackadoo maniac. <laughs> he looks like a total whack job. Well, he looks like, like a like a freaking math guy or something. Yeah, he looks like a fucking... Like, yeah, like a math guy. Yeah, he does. He looks like some kind of math nut. He looks like a wild-eyed professor. Like, yeah, exactly. Basically. Like, to see him, I expect to see him in gray hair going... You know, like... Yeah, he looks like, like, a, like a tamer Doc Brown. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know? I totally think I totally get why she would have said he looks a terrorist, but there's nothing terrorist. I mean, he's a he has a scraggly. See, I think that I think 
people have these like we have these like kind of key triggers. And he, if you look at his beard, he has a scraggly beard. And I think I I think even I associate scraggly beards and olive or pale colored skin with terrorism. Even though if you look at the greater features of a person, you'd obviously see this guy is not of Arab descent at all. He's like clearly very European, you know. His but, name is Guido Menzio. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Italians. I mean, he's not wearing a name tag. <laughs> but here's the thing, right? To me, the greatest issue with this, and I know we're done with this, but the greatest issue with this whole thing is how bad we are in America that we see someone, how dumb we are, that, uh, and how fucking fear, how the fear-mongering has gotten us to such a high level that we see a guy, a goofy-looking nut, Okay, who's just a regular fucking dude with a beard doing fucking a, a fucking math problem. And we're like, yeah, this guy's a fucking terrorist, you know, and none of that is illegal for a guy with a scraggly beard to be doing math. Why would they even fucking stop this guy? I have no idea. Like, you know what they should have said when she came out? She's like, there's a guy. He's he looks like an Arab. He's definitely a terrorist. And he's writing something down in a fucking Muslim language. You know what they should have said? OK, that's not against the law, ma'am. I'm sorry. Uh, Arab people are allowed to write, too. This is America. You know, I mean, I don't understand why they even pursued it, you know? Oh, yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, in this same article, the one that I put in the show notes here, they have a little video, and underneath the video, there's a caption that says, In April, UC Berkeley student was escorted off a Southwest Airlines flight after speaking Arabic on the phone to his uncle. Yeah. That's it. And this guy, I mean, he, to me, doesn't look like a terrorist at all. You know, like there's a picture of him right here. I mean, I mean I and what does the terrorist even look like? You know, I, I, yeah, I exactly. feel stupid I don't even know saying what it that. Means so, uh, there's you a know? fucking German guy trying to blow people up with a shoe. I mean, I, what does it mean to be a terrorist? You know, that the fucking guy shot up Fort Hood. He was just some fucking black guy. You know, he shot up, for, shot up the fucking Fort Hood, fucking threw a grenade in there. You know, I mean, all these guys, you know, what is a what is a terrorist? You can't even go by that, mm-hmm. you know, and the fact that this guy is speaking Arabic. So what? Not against the law. Yeah, guess what? At my at my job now, I don't know if this happens to you, James, probably not or probably not as frequently. But at my job, when I'm just sitting at my cubicle, I can hear people speaking probably at least four different languages are all around me. Yeah. Okay. There are people all around me who are speaking. They're speaking Chinese. They're speaking either Russian or some other other language that might as well be Russian. I don't know what it is. Um, you know, some other Slavic language. Um, there's people speaking probably a language from, like, I don't know, Pakistan or something. So that could be freaking Arabic for all I know. I don't even know. And actually, no, they don't speak Arabic there, do they? Probably not. Um, and let's see what else. So that's the uh, and English, of course, you know. But and I, and I know there's a couple other people there from India, and they're speaking whatever they speak Hindi or whatever. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> and I even have plenty of people at work who are Muslim, and it's not a big deal. And I hear them talking on the phone all the time to their family and stuff, and you know, it's in another language. 
It's no big deal. So either these people are fucking stupid, which I guess they are, like this lady, or they just have zero exposure to this kind of thing. That's true too. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. You know, <laughs> so there, there's huge swath. See, okay, look, we all live like all of us. Like, where was this? This is in. I don't even know where this was. Oh, they were in Philadelphia. Okay. Yeah. So that's where but, they were. But I mean, that's definitely no excuse. But I mean, we all basically live in the nation's capital. Myself and Michael and Evan did live here before, so. We're used to this, like multicultural. We see all kinds of people all the time. Now, I'll be honest with you. In my job, there's no Arab people. I've not seen any, not a single person who's fucking Arab, not one. Um, and there's 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 no Asians and there's no Arabs and there's no Russians. Or you can count them in the like on one hand. Uh, and I had never noticed it until one day I thought about it and I was like, yeah, you never see any any like Chinese people. Um, there's a few Japanese people wandering around, but you know, with Japanese names and stuff. But that's very that's very odd. It is very odd, but Neat. it probably has a lot to do with where I work. So, um, but it, I've noticed it. Put it this way, it's the first place I've ever worked where there's more black people than other races, and normally black people are the minority in the places where I worked in the past. Like I, the last I worked in the Social Security Administration. Um, for a contractor well, on the contractor site, and I was like one of three black people in the office. Well, also you're usually whenever you're you're like an embedded journalist, right? Like you're the only like IT guy there usually, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, me, I'm I'm in the IT department. Yeah. Surrounded by other IT people. Yeah. You know, so like really, all the all the people that I'm talking about are usually either software developers or some some derivative of that. Yeah. And a large for, for whatever reason, I've just noticed that a lot of those software developers seem to come from other countries, you know, whether they were born there or and then came to the U.S. or they've, you know, maybe their parents are from there. I don't know, you know, but writing software is like picking oranges. We don't want to do those jobs. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's equivalent to manual labor these days. Yeah, basically. We just want to use the final product. Yeah. America. So, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, it's just, of course, this is ridiculous. I mean, yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. And if I was on that plane, they'd be escorting me off because I'd be like, dude, what he's doing is not against the law. You're allowed to fucking talk on the phone in Arabic. You know, you, sir, I'd, be, I'd get up and be like, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Like, I'm like, <laughs> fucking, I'd go ham. I'd be so pissed, you know, because it's totally, it's not illegal. Like, what's wrong with you, America? It's sad that there's huge swaths of this country that have no exposure to other races. You know, it's just fucking sad, and they like or or at most they have they have back to fucking they talk to yeah worse they or you know at most they have um, exposure to like it's like white people and then black people and then that's it you know yeah exactly like well no you know there's a great and I'm you know we're off track in here but there was a great thing they talked about on the Young Turks earlier this week and I'll if I can find it I'll put it on the show notes um, I'm sure you can find many news articles about it. Uh, on the, I think it was on the show The Blaze, um, which is a fine, high-quality news show on Fox News. Um, <laughs> uh, actually, I don't think it was on The Blaze, but but they had um, Geraldo Rivera. He's on Fox News now, and he was talking. They were talking about um, how Trump needed to win the black vote. Or something like that, which I find laughable. 
is fucking impossible. But they're talking about that, and but they were off the they were off air, like they didn't know their mics were still hot. And Geraldo Rivera was like, "Yeah, the hip hop people." And I was just like, "Jesus Christ! Like, what's wrong with America? Like, what is this? Like, how are you still talking about black people and calling hip hop people? Like, this is not 1982. Like, what the fuck? You know, I was like, this is absolutely insane." Um, and I was like, the, these people are like basically guiding an entire, you know, story that, you know, this, they're telling a story on this news channel and they're guiding it with their fucking inherent shittiness. So, yeah, uh, pretty um, horrible. That's, uh, James, of course, that is horrible. I totally agree. Um, but I Roll will say. Is very handsome. No. Uh, <laughs> His mustache yeah, is extremely powerful. Yeah. That's right. He's a handsome man. No. Um, what I was going to say is actually, I think before we were recording, we were talking about a certain website called World Star Hip Hop. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, we're not bringing that up. <laughs> if you look at something like that, you know. Now, I'm not saying that that is representative. That is, you know, the black people website or something, you know. You know, World like all, all black World people, Star. all people go to World Star Hip Hop, all people post there. That's where black people get their news. You know, I'm not not, not exactly. saying any of that. Exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting. That's here's, all. And here's the funny thing, right? Now, I'm not going to I can't play this, but um, I'm going to put a link to here in this thing. It's on the, the website. It's the hill dot com. And. Geraldo Rivera says, Sanders is so annoying. He's so annoying. And the people are like, dude, you can't say that. He, you're hot miking. This is the same fucking con, same fucking, when the same fucking breath he says, he refers to black people as hip hop people or hip hop, the hip hop vote. And I was like, dude, what's worse? I'm like, Bernie Sanders is annoying. You know, he's cool, but he's annoying. So I don't have a problem with that. Like, and I get, and that's the highlight. The highlight here is, He's I'll read here we go. Um Fox News reporter Geraldo Vera, <laughs> hardly a reporter, my friend. Um uh blasting Bernie Sanders uh as win in Virginia in the Democratic professional primary. Um and here's what he says, so annoying. This guy is so annoying, he said, of Sanders, the independent Vermont senator, made his victory speech in Salem or um whatever. Um he said, Your mic is hot, a fellow news personality said, Sean Hannity. Ugh. Another gross one. Sean Hannity. He's like, what are you saying? And he says, he's so annoying. Rivera said, people think his supporters are going to go to Donald Trump. Uh, um, uh, going to go to Trump, Donald Trump. They're smoking dope. They don't even mention where he says this thing about, they don't even mention it. But in the same breath, he says this thing about hip hop people. And I was like, dude, this guy's ridiculous. Like, how is that not the story? Like, we live in a fucked up world. Like that's that's fucking racist, you know. I don't listen to hip hop. I do, but still, yeah. it's so fucking <laughs> racist, you know. Hip hop is dead, James. You know that. It is. It is. Fucking Nas said that already. Like, <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah. No, I agree. Of course, it's fucked up. Um, Evan, what? What's what's the take from uh, from Tennessee? Um, white power. <laughs> what's the Tennessee viewpoint? Okay, yeah, white there we power. go. White power. White power. Yeah. All right. 
<laughs> no, of course we don't advocate. Well, we do advocate white power, but responsible white power. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> power for all. <laughs> That's right. Power for all. As long as you're white. <laughs> exactly. No. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So, James, uh, we were talking earlier, uh, I think before the show started, about you're mentioning uh, something about continuing education credits. Yeah, and I didn't want this to be like the last thing we talked about. It's not going to be. Good, excellent, excellent, good. Because <laughs> it's like a really like dumb topic, and I'm going to speed right through it. Um, okay, so we're all IT people in one shape or another. Um, some of us have to deal with continuing education credits. Pear-shaped. Uh, pear-shaped <laughs> or pear-shaped people, Mr. Bartlett. Um, so when Mr. Bartlett – we'll use Mr. Bartlett as our example. When Mr. Bartlett gets his A-plus CE, he has three years. Okay, So it's good for three years, and at the end of those three years, he has to pay a fee, okay, and for the – for the the fee he has to pay for the A plus is he has to pay the annual fee is uh for three years is seventy five dollars or twenty five dollars a year. Hmm. So you gotta pay the seventy five dollars and you have to get twenty continuing education credits. So 20. wow yeah, twenty. So that means you can take a class related to your job, your A plus related to your A plus, or you can take a you can do like a, a, a like a class, some kind of an online course or a seminar or write a paper or teach a class. You can get CE credits for all those things um, or CE units. Let me not say credits. And you also can get them from work experience. So you can get three credits per year for work experience for a max of three years, so a max of nine total credits. So for the A-plus, it's pretty easy, okay? If you have the A-plus and the Network Plus, if Mr. Bartlett has both of those, the Network Plus trumps the A-plus, which means he only has to pay for the Network Plus and get enough certs to meet the Network Plus's requirement, which is 30 credits. So let's say Mm. if he has a Network Plus, he has to pay $150, okay? It's pretty ridiculous. Um... Now, I have the Security Plus, so I have to get 50 CE credits, and I have to pay $150. So I paid my $150. I got, and I've been now scrambling hook or crook for this last month to find all the credits, okay? Um, Now, something I learned that I'm just putting out there to all you guys, anyone who's stuck with this situation, they have to get these credits for their job. The best thing you can do for yourself is, number one, you get the work experience. So that's nine credits. Bingo right there. Then you get – you do – try to do at least two eight-hour online classes uh, a year, okay? Now, I would say use FedVTE. If you're in the federal government, anybody can use FedVTE. I've sent some of those to you, Michael, and I think I might have sent them to you, Evan, also. Um, FedVTE has virtual classes, that mm-hmm. you can go, they're Second Life style, where you're in an avatar and you're standing around. But those classes are normally six to eight hours long. And free? You, and they're free. They're free. Everything's free. And you can get eight hours. You get one credit per hour doing those classes. Hmm. Um, another thing you can do is there's a site called Concise, uh, Concise-Courses, I think. And I'll try to find the link for you and put that in there. But Concise has courses that are 
you you know they all run about twenty bucks. You take the course, you get you can get fourteen to twenty CE credits. Okay. Hmm. I advise anybody to do that. You know what I mean? If you need the credits. Um, another thing you can do, if you had to take IA training for your job, or you had to take cyber awareness training, or cybersecurity training, or any kind of training like that, that will also work. So you just need the signed certificate that the, that the, cert, that the class generates, and that'll work for your CEUs. Um, th- this, I'm explaining this because, you know, I talked to Michael about it. He lost his Network Plus because he was kind of like, meh, you know. Um, he didn't need it for what he was doing or whatever, and he knew this stuff, but, you know, it's just, the, the whole system's such a fucking huge hassle that it makes it very kind of, it took me, like, weeks to figure it all out, and CompTIA has done a lot to make the system easier to understand now, but a year ago, there was none of these resources on their site to understand it, um, Honestly, I really disagree with it. The whole thing's a fucking hustle. But if you work for the federal government, you're probably locked in. You probably have to get this. You know, I, I got my A plus the same time Evan did. He reminded me of that. So we have A plus for life. But when I started my new job, I had to sign up for the A plus CE, which means my A plus for life changed over to the A plus CE. So if I want to keep it, I've got to go every three years. Now the A plus for life still, I still hold that. But it's viewed kind of across the board as not as good as this A plus CE hmm. because the whole thing's a big fucking hustling once you pay for it. And it's really shitty and it's a fucking flim flam. I mean, you're working a job, you know, let's be honest. Well, I mean, things- if you let's say you got I mean, you know, let's say you got an A plus and you got it in, no, no, 1998. OK. Yeah. And OK, so you have the obviously you have the one that's good for life, right? Yeah. Um, things have changed a little bit since 1998. No, IDE and ISA still still came. <laughs> That's right. Those ISA slots, you know. Um, was it socket one? No. <laughs> <laughs> slot it's one. Slot one. Yeah. Yep. Um, Slocket. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I mean, I I I mean, I get what you're saying. Obviously, oh yeah, it sucks. You got to pay money, of course. Why do you have to pay money? Because they because they want you to, you know. Of course they, they want do. Money because yeah. they want money. Yeah, they're yeah. a business, you know. Um, now, but is it unreasonable to ask for continuing education? Meaning, you know, you're still getting your learn on or whatever. Eh, I guess not. The, you know? the, the the credits I don't have a problem with. The money is where I have my biggest yeah. problem. I mean, I, I think you know. should do both. I mean, well, they realized, oh, these guys are paying us. You know, three hundred dollars getting their cert, and then we're never hearing from them again. You know, yeah, we fucked up. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. So now they're like, oh well, we'll do, we'll develop this other thing, where, you know, we'll sell it that they need to get these continuing education credits, or units or whatever, um, you know, and to keep up their stuff. Which, oh yeah, that sounds good, but up, oh, you gotta pay us, you gotta pay us the vig, you know, to uh, yeah. to keep your shit up. So, you know. Yeah, you're right. It sucks, but uh, you know, to keep us to keep us in the lap of luxury, as all of us are in now, because <laughs> we have these uh, wonderful cushy IT jobs. Yeah, yep. very easy, very relaxing. Well, James, you need to you need to make the jump, my friend. We're not babysitting you know? idiots all day. That's not what we're doing. <laughs> well, we are not. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I that's am. A, that's what you are. <laughs> I am babysitting idiots all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Um, you know, I was uh, fortunate that I was given, you know, obviously it's like, you know, it's like anything. It's who you know, right? So I know, Evan, you were able to gain a position because, I mean, obviously you're a smart guy. You know what you're doing and all that. But a lot of it is luck and who you know and all that kind of stuff, right? So. Yep. Right, right place, right time, right people. Exactly. So. Um, you know, Evan, you, you, (laughs) yeah, yeah, Evan, you got all that locked in, you know, all that happened for you, you know, it all lined up. And so you're able to get the position you have now, which is not without some risk. Oh, absolutely. It was not guaranteed. And I did move myself a thousand miles out of my own pocket. Right. No, I got you. You know, it's not like, oh yeah, come on down. Yeah. But we'll pay for everything. Yeah. No, but. You know, it worked out, which is nice, you know. Yes. Um, and Jane, you know, and me, same, same kind of thing. The kind of the stars aligned, you know, at at my job. You know, I've been I've been working there forever, basically. You know, not really forever, but it's 2008. I've been working at the same job. Now, granted, I've I've moved I moved up, but I was still in the same. You know, I was working at the help desk, right? So I was still on the help desk. Um, but the stars lined up, and I was able to move into this other position. So I'm still working at the same job, but I have this new position, which is great. Because I love working at this job. It's super close to the house, you know. And I know everyone there. I know what to do, you know. It's not like you got to go to a new place, learn, you know, all new shit, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm still learning new stuff at my job now because I'm because of the new position. But it's not like, oh, my God, you know, it's... You know, it's it's a lot easier than it than it could have been. So, so James, I don't know what's going on at your job. If there's a possibility to to get something else, you know, if there are any other contracts or anything going on know. over there. I, but. And look, you know, I, honestly, I don't mind babysitting idiots. It's a little annoying, but I don't mind doing it. I, I've kind of come to expect that that's part of being help desk slash sysadmin slash whatever the hell I am. I don't really mind that. The thing I mind is. You know, either having to pay $150 and scramble to get these stupid credits, and the fact that they accept dumb stuff for the four credits, which tells me it's a whole hustle. Like, at least set the bar high. At least say, okay, you have to pay $150 and take this micro test. You know, that'd be fine. I would get a book and study, and that would make it feel like I earned something. But instead, they say, yeah, we'll give you credits for fucking putting on a hat today, which is basically what they're doing. That's the So, how do they prove that? Or you just sign well, a thing saying, I, I affirm that I. Yeah, I go on the website and I say, this is what I did. This is the name of the class. Here's a copy of my certificate. And they do have an auditing system. I asked, the, I called them twice. I said, do you get audited? And they said, yes, we will audit people. Um, we do audit pretty actively. Um, but I said, what's the likelihood there's a problem? And then she was like, well, most times there's not a problem unless it's something blatant. Like someone puts up, like, I took a class by myself that I, or I taught a class you know, and it's like a class to someone of their church, like a church group, and they taught a class on like how to use a mouse, and they're like, "That's not going to get you your fucking security plus uh, credits." You know, it's not going to get forty credits for security plus. Um, so uh, that 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 kind of thing um, is like the kind of stuff they catch. But for the most part, like the stuff that I submitted is all legitimate stuff, and it's all stuff that falls under the preview of Security Plus. And if I get the Security Plus one, then it will backward compatibly me from my A plus. Um, it's just, it's just, I, I don't know. I mean, 
this it's just all kind of like the, it's it's obviously a lame money grab and I don't appreciate that about it. You know, otherwise I do totally think it's a good idea to have people to kind of force people to stay up to date. I mean, that's how you stay good at your job and that's totally necessary. Mm-hmm. But uh the the whole money grab thing is like kind of dumb and you know, they 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 really don't do like they have a cl- they if you go through CompTIA's classes, the possible classes that you can take, it's like $2,000. You know, something crazy, man. You know? So the whole process is not a great process, and it could be a lot better, and it's not very tech-friendly, and it doesn't lend to making you want to do it. It makes you kind of want to say, well, go fuck yourself. You know, Let me, that's let me you- ask you something. Um, yeah. If you... So let's say you're, you know, you're, you're on, like, you're doing stuff for your security plus, right? Yeah. So could you watch like a two hour YouTube video that is a presentation that Mark Rasinovich gave on how to combat, detect and combat malware using the sysinternals tools? And would that count for something or no, that doesn't count at all. If you could get a certificate for it. That that probably would count, but I think you have to get a certificate for it. Mm. See, they're very particular about the kinds of things that you can do and the kind of proof that has to be generated. Because um, I'm taking, as you guys know, I've been taking for a long time a very long and very random class about uh, on on getting a CEH. And it's a good class, but it's all over the place. And it does produce a certificate, but they're not accredited by CompTIA. Concise is... So just because Mark Rusinovich, the god of assistant internals and the god of Microsoft, does something doesn't necessarily mean they'll recognize it, even though they mm-hmm. probably should, you know? Hmm. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's... How there's, would you prove you taught a class? Um, I don't know. I've never tried. I didn't try to walk through it. I can look and let you guys know next week. But if you go, if you log into their if you guys have CompTIA, log into their site. They have a tool called uh, the tool is called uh, okay. I obviously have no idea, but they have a tool on their site that will help you. It'll wa- help you walk through what is valid and what is not. And if you click on continuing education on their site, it's like a continuing education validation tool or something. And it will tell you, it will help you see what, like it, it will just walk you through what you need to certify, to recertify. Hmm. Um, and I'm just looking here to see if I can find the name of it. I don't see it, but it's on the CompTIA site. It's really easy to find once you log in. And I know most people don't log into CompTIA, and they've just done like I used to do, which is ignore CompTIA's emails. <laughs> but CompTIA got me. They got me good when I had to sign up for that CE shit, yo. They got me. <laughs> so I'm locked in now. I'm like their best buddy on the site now. Yeah, I'm going through the password reset process right now. Yeah, so if you log in their site, though, you can see what, you know, you'll you'll see what the, the app is called and everything like that. And it's this little, like, freaking web app, and it tells you, like, it walks you through everything. It's, like, basically a not, kind of a decision tree. Oh, did you do this? No? Okay, did you do this? Yes? Okay, what kind of this did you do? Whatever. And then at the end it says, yes, this is good for certification credits. No, this is not. Um, I would still also go the further mile to call them if you have a question. Don't just say, well, I think because Marcus Sinovich taught this class, it's good enough. 
No, no, no. Don't do that. It's better just prepare your wallet, pay a couple bucks, take some concise courses, check, go through your, your qualification stuff for work. Most contractors do a yearly security review or a yearly cybersecurity thing. Or, you know, if you work for the government or the army or the military, you'll probably do, if you work for the army, you definitely do IA training and you do training for security. So those, that's all valid. Uh, for credits because it issues you a certificate and it's job related and it's something from the U.S. government. Um, if your contracting company does it, that's probably valid too. Um, that stuff won't hurt to submit, but I like I will have an, when I finish everything, I'll have an overage. I'll have like sixty sixty credits to mm-hmm. the fifty that I need. So if for some reason they audit me tomorrow and I lose a bunch of my little credits, my cloud computing class credit and my security. Uh, essentials credit that I got from FedVTE. If I lose those, I'll still be covered. You know, yeah, nice. I can just go in then and and edit the applied credits and add you know ten more credits from the other class. So, cool. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I was able to get into my uh, CompTIA account here, which is nice. Certmetrics.com, which is weird. Um, but okay. So I went to CompTIA.org and it took me to CertMetrics.com to log into my yep. my certificate account or whatever. My certifications account, I should say. So, alright. Well, that's good to know, James. It's uh sounds like if you have to keep those things up, it can be quite a hassle. But Yeah, man. Fun, fun, fun. But, you know, probably not a bad idea to, you know, get your learn on, you know. It's very yeah. rewarding. As you say, with your head back and your eyes closed. I learned all about Compia's <laughs> process. <laughs> um, I learned nothing about security. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, James, I wanted to uh, see if we could talk about a uh, a book. Oh maybe. yeah, let's let's have, let's have at it, Hoss. Um, what? Uh, so, what book did we want to talk about? I. I I reread this this past week. I reread the uh, the books by J.L. Bourne. Oh yeah. The uh, day by day Armageddon. Yep. Series. So, <clears throat> so for those of you who don't know, uh, which why would you? Uh, the day by day Armageddon series is it's written kind of in journal format. So every all of it is like if you're reading it out of a journal, and it's all written from the perspective. It's the journal of a um, of a navy officer, a naval aviator, to be exact. And <clears throat> the story is about the apocalypse. Basically, it's about a zombie apocalypse, to be exact. So it starts off pretty much right away within the first, you know, first or second chapter. The, the zombie stuff starts happening and. I really like this book because it uh it goes into a lot of detail about you know what what he's done to kind of prepare like he never really prepared for a zombie apocalypse to begin with but you know he just kind of prepared his home anyway like he had a lot of solar power stuff at his house in case you know he lost power from the grid and he had all these batteries so he could charge the the batteries using the solar power um so all of that stuff kind of lined up already you know which was nice um Obviously, he had a lot of, I won't say a lot of weapons, but he had enough weapons, you know, I mean, guns, knives, that kind of thing, uh, 
and he had a fair amount of ammo, and actually he went out and bought a bunch of ammo. Um, so it just talks about, you know, what he does and the way he does it. It's very, all very, like I said, it's a journal, so it's kind of very methodical and everything. And But it's an interesting story, too. So, How realistic is it? Like if someone was interested in uh, sort of step-by-step prepping, but not from necessarily a kook YouTube video slash channel? Is it at all useful information? Um, I mean, or is it fantasy, basically? No, I mean it's useful. Um, but they don't go into a ton of detail. I mean, a lot of the stuff is you know just oh we. And the thing is, also he's a naval aviator, right? So he already knows how to fly. So, in a lot of the book, he's he teams up with someone and he gets, they get to an airport and they, they find a Cessna and they take off in the Cessna, you know, and they go. Okay. So that kind of thing, you know, so how realistic is that for, you know, someone else, unless they already know how to fly, probably not very realistic, you know, but I mean, it's this, an idea. I wouldn't mind learning how to fly, but you know, yeah. I mean, um, this, this guy, sorry to interrupt you, Michael. Go ahead. Um, he's a, uh, so jail born is he's, in real life, he's he's something. He's in the he's in the navy. He's an officer in the navy. I don't know in what aspect. I don't know if he's actually an aviator in the navy. I know he's in the navy though. I know he's still active duty. Um, right. So. He is, his yeah. The the author's name is a nom de plume, as they say. Yeah. You know, it's a. Uh, so we don't know the the author's real name, and he did that on purpose. You know, but. But because he he is still active duty, but he's uh he is uh his books are written I think from the standpoint of someone who knows firearms, and he he kind of sticks to just put it this way if you wanted to learn like how to survive, I think from purely his perspective this book is a good reference, but there's things in it that are just assumed you know what I mean it's like I had food in my pack. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then he also talks about, oh, these are the few little survival things that I had, and here's how I'm going to survive off of them. He uses them through whatever. And some of the things that he does in the book are so – because this was like the first zombie book I ever read, and I've probably read a 100 different zombie books since then. I, I think that some of the things he does in this book are so innovative and so smart, and other books, they don't even do them. Like, like he travels only – he travels only during. Does he travel it? He only travels during the daytime, right? Or at night? Um, well, he was. He was trying to do it only at night because. Yeah, that's right. The zombies can't see at night. Yeah. And you know he's like, well, they can't see at night, so I have a slight advantage, you know. Yeah, and so he's like, driving in a car with night vision and all the lights taped up, and he would do things like, put it this way: the author obviously thinks a lot about this book written from the perspective of him as a person and not like some guy who's a fucking who just writes books all day you know what i mean who has to do all this research so like he goes through this detail of like yeah we're gonna tape up the brake lights the headlights you know all this kind of stuff so there's detail like that in there that you don't get in a lot of other books that i think is like if you're like trying to figure out how to move stealthily in the dark in a vehicle that's there you go that's good information you know so there is some aspect of that stuff there, there's a lot of stuff that, yeah, this author, he wrote in stuff that, like, only his character could do, like fly a Cessna 
and whatever, you know, all kinds of other random stuff and run into a fucking missile silo and, <laughs> you know, but it, I mean, the book is great, man. Honestly, it's my favorite, probably my up until and, the last. It's actually, it's actually three books. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, up until like the last book and actually Michael I'm looking on his site there's a fourth book coming day by day Armageddon Ghost Run it'll be out in July 16th on oh, all wow. platforms yeah so um I mean it, I think the story is very good I think it's I think it's well written I don't like the ending I think the ending I think you rushed through it and the ending to me jumped the shark for me um but I think it's a good book, and it's definitely worth listening to. The first two books, I think, are great. I mean, they totally hooked me. They had me waiting for more. I couldn't wait. It's an excellent story. If he wrote something else about a soldier in today's time that wasn't – there were no zombies involved, I think it could be a better book. Like, just like a shit-hits-the-fan situation. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, I would love to read that book from him. Well, there's another book that – um not by him, but uh, that you and I have read, I think, or I've read at least most of it. Um, what's the name of the book, James, where they they kind of prep and they all buy the same kind of gun? And Oh, we, we talked about that book, I think, a couple couple times. Uh, it's Patriot something or other. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll tell you. Um and that book is written by a very famous prepper. Uh, he's he has a website. He's a he's a famous like super famous prepper. So that's so that book is like accurate to a T on how to prep. So that um, that book is called just Patriots. Yeah, Patriots there. by James Wesley Rawls. Yeah. So that one has a lot of more detail in it um, when it comes to prepping. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's not about zombies or anything. It's still not a, not a bad book. Um, not really my kind of story to be honest, but, um, there's a lot of, not a lot, but there's some religious stuff in the book, mm-hmm. which I could do without. Um, but other than that, it's not a bad book, you know, it's not a bad story. Um, but he's very specific about all their equipment and everything. That they that they purchased, like he'll say, "Oh, we bought this, uh, you know, the Radio Shack model CP ninety eight two A, you know, forty channel CB radio for seventy nine ninety nine, and da 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 da, you know, <laughs> like like literally, like he'll go through stuff like that, you know, and say we all bought the, uh, you know, the nineteen eleven Gold Cup edition, blah 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 blah, you know, forty five caliber handgun mm-hmm. that accepts the double mags and the blow, you know, or whatever, you know, I don't know, but." So they go into a lot of detail listing out the equipment and the way they have it set up and everything. Well, that's pretty which is, interesting to me. Which is interesting, yeah. It's kind of cool. Um, so just for that kind of stuff, it's I think it's worth a read also. Okay, so here's, a, here's I think, if you're into like, and we could do, I think maybe we'll do, when we do our special show, more special shows, we should do one on survival and prepping and stuff. Um, I would like that very much. This we this are all guy, experts. You will know, but I think we all want to be fucking prepper weirdos. Um, I think we all find <laughs> it really interesting. So this guy, Leslie Rawls, he has a blog called the survival blog.com. And like, if you look at his blog, it's like 
a who's a, a how to of everything. So like the post from come on, go back. Oh no. I just here we go. So if you go to the post the post from Sarah by written by Sarah Latimer, one of the other people on the show on his thing. Um, how to use Amazon for economical purchasing part two, you know, and it's like notes for Sunday, May 15th sent by BB, whoever that is. Um, and then on the side, it's like survival blogs, economic watch, like the price of 24 hour price of gold, you know, because that's something a prepper you're like, you're going to invest in gold. And then it's like our IP addresses. It's like, and our backup unconstruction. Why is this important? If you click on that, he's like, so you can get directly to our site if the, you know, whatever, you know, I mean, this is down there. Yeah. He's, and you know, it's like how to find your, I mean, he has all kinds of shit up here uh, about survival, freeze drying food, you know, night vision. I mean, it's just like all kinds of stuff, survival property for sale, strategic relocation, Idaho or Montana, which is like the places that his characters live. So I think this is a great fucking book for, for survival shit. Minus the whole, like, Obviously, Christianity and like the religious stuff, like you know, I, I think that's could take a take a flying leap with that. But I think the rest of it is uh, very good, you know, very very cool. good. I'll, I have the blog open right now. I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to put a link to that in the uh, show notes. Yeah, and I think I mean Evan, we talked to you about this before, but you would enjoy both. The, you would enjoy the book. The book is very long, but it's very very good. And it breaks down the survival of certain characters from different aspects. So, like, the single survivor who's alone with minimum survival goods and how he survived. Or the group of survivors that had a mistake and they lost all their gear and they had to exfiltrate on foot. Then they have the the perfectly prepared survivors who left early and got to their site early. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, basically it's, like, him and, like, seven or eight friends who all need to connect and get to this location. And each friend has a different scenario. So he kind of breaks it down of all the possibilities and how you should behave and the gear that's the most important to take if in case this happens and the guns you should have and why you should have them and, you know, how trading and bartering works and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, being a survivalist is fun. Yeah. I, by the way, I bought two cases of MREs oh, yeah. <laughs> for, 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 for 70 bucks. So I got a great deal on MREs. Today. Uh, on Saturday. Nice. Yeah. Um, I should have bought more. So yeah, that. that How many was, MREs are in a case? As twenty-four MREs. In a case. No, no, twelve MREs in a case. Oh, okay. So it's twenty-four total, at a price of about three bucks each or something like that, which is pretty good. That's pretty good considering, go down a range of surplus or whatever it's called, um, and. Uh, you know, usually you get one MRE for like twelve bucks or something. So yeah, exactly. Which tells me when I saw that price, it tells me, and I saw another guy who was like, "I got to get rid of these MREs. We got to sell them by the case." And I looked at his cases and said, "Maybe they're better than the other guys." He was selling for fifty bucks a case, you know. And I was just like, "Okay." So there's, there's obviously there's a way to get MREs really cheaply, and most people don't know it. And I'm gonna start looking to find out because I want to get more, mm-hmm. you know. I definitely want to get more. You have to uh, report back on the quality. Well, it's a mixed bag of in and out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a mixed bag. But you know, there's there's several. Again, we could talk all night about survival, dude. Um, but there's a few things. I have a few things. I've got Soylent, and I've got the the uh, MREs, and I plan on doing some other stuff too, like maybe getting some more Soylent uh, type things. And more MREs. I want to get up to like maybe like three months worth of food. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. not a bad idea. Yeah, yep. and also if we're going to talk about cheap firearms while we're on the topic, oh my yeah. god, um, <laughs> So let me see if I can find the link again here. I think I told you guys about it. Um, it's Rock River Arms. Rock River Arms. Oh, I thought it was the other one. The High Point video? No, 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 not High Point. Definitely not <laughs> High Point. Now, look, you know, if you guys, I, so I told, I told you guys this, and I think you guys already know this. A lot of people complain about High Points. I think, you know, everything I've heard, I've never shot one, but everything I've heard is, besides the fact that they feel like budgery crap, they're a decent firearm. You know, they, they, they work. As long as you take care of them, they'll take care of you. Well, you know? um, the the one and only time that I had experience with one, it was a, it was a handgun. And uh, we're at the shooting range, but we found out, I mean, we were even reading, like, I think in the instruction manual or something, or I don't know, we looked on the website, or I don't know what we were doing. So we were like, how do you clean it, right? The gun cannot be taken apart. <laughs> It can be taken apart. There's a roll pin. So you have to take a center punch and knock the roll pin out to break the gun down. And the thing is, according to your favorite guy, Hickok, uh, 115 or whatever he is, whatever his name mm-hmm. is, Hickok talks about that. And he said most people don't even take the guns apart. They just run a cleaning rod through them, and they're like, good enough. you know. But if you want to take the gun down, you have to cock the slide all the way back. Take a center punch, knock the roll pin out like it's an AR, and then that you slide the roll pin out the other side, and then you can break the whole gun down. It's a really stupid design compared mm-hmm. to a regular firearm when you just like cock, push the button up, and then a slide slides forward. Right. All right. So it can be done, but uh, so that's that's good to know. But um, you know the directions we saw is like don't do it. If the gun requires cleaning, return it to the factory, basically. Is what they said. <laughs> it's like, okay. Get a new gun every four months? Mm-hmm. Good time. I'm sure we'll we'll talk more about that in our uh, survival episode. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do that. Um, well, anyway, there's I can't find it. I'm going to keep looking for it. Um, but there's a Rock River Arms, a complete AR that doesn't have any of the Rock River specialty stuff. You have to add it on. But the Rock River uh, Arms, it's 550 bucks. Okay, so it's a $550 AR, hmm. um, which you can't beat by a great manufacturer. Um, so, you know, you're talking about guns. I mean, they have some here that are like, you know, $1,000 is what you, I think you, like, if you bought an AR for 1200 bucks, you'd be like, I got a good deal, you know? Um, but you can get one for 550 bucks. So that is interesting. Yeah. It's a, it's a great deal. You can't beat it. Um, that is interesting. So yeah, I'll find those links and many more and I won't add them to this show, but we will have a, we'll have to do that in a survival show once we get around to that. So if you guys have questions for that show that isn't nowhere near happening, but you want us to talk about certain things or look at certain things or what you mention certain things, or you have comments or something to add to that, then pop it in the in the show notes. And uh, if you have questions for Michael about his beard or lack thereof or whatever, I don't know, whatever questions. I'm just rambling on. Just do whatever you want. I don't care. Um, well, don't put anything <laughs> in the show notes, people, because you won't be able to. Um, right. <laughs> so instead, go. put something in the comment section on our website, or you can send us an email. What's the email address, Evan? 
feedback at iopanelpodcast.com. Nice. Or you can hit us up on Facebook. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know who at least one of us is. So just uh, leave a comment on, a, on the Facebook post. Or you can hit us up on Twitter. Our Twitter is twitter.com slash iopanelpodcast. Yeah. All right, guys. Anything else you guys want to mention before we head out? I just want to thank everyone for listening, as always. And uh, a closing thought for the week. Every insect I've ever killed just lost its final boss battle. Oh, logic. How does that make you feel? I like that. It's good. It's heavy. I like it. I like that, too. Fuck bugs. (laughs) Yep. All of them. Correct. All right. um, Until next week, we'll see you all later. Thanks for listening.